0: Hello, I'm Dan Doolin. I'm Chris Billingham. And join us for what, may, what very well may be the final time as we venture into the unknown and over-analyze the garden wall. It's very exciting. We're Ooh. here. Final episode, titled The Unknown. Final ep. Final chapter, I should Dan. say. Yeah. You prepped? I'm Prepped? Yes, Chris. Um, to the point yeah, where... No. Last night and throughout the week, I've done research and I added up the amount of time I've spent doing research, and it won't be worth it, I promise. Um, but um, I, I think I've done about four or five hours worth of research over the course of the week. Wow, I did. I did like twenty minutes. <laughs> so what I've done? I watched
1: a YouTube. I watched a YouTube video. I watched a tune of the a tune over the garden of the unknown or whatever it's called. Tone of the unknown. Saw
0: that. Yeah, Tome of the Unknown. I've watched that. I've not seen that in years. You, you can actually give us a small little review of that if you want afterwards. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But basically sure. um, what I did was I went through a bunch of like, you know, um, like explanations and fact videos and stuff and made notes of like uh, you know, I did a bunch of like um, Googling as well to verify some of these stories and I've got a mixture for towards the end of the podcast of um, little facts, so little tiny little morsels of triv, uh, a bunch of unused ideas for episodes and like the ending and things like that um i've got some oh, wow. i've got some stuff from the creator what he said about what it might mean um a bit waffly his his answer but uh, fucking rich coming from me um <laughs> i've got um christ between the two of you would we'll be here for days yeah and i've you know i've done like little hints uh and other bits of truth just it's a, it's a whole it's a collection of different kinds of trips some of them is other people's theories um yeah
1: cool yeah wow you guys should know from the title whether that's this week or next <laughs> i mean it sounds like it might be next <laughs> but we shall
0: we shall see how we go yeah we'll just we'll just we'll just crack on i mean i, I see Let's i, chat, I, I keep thinking about it and going like i don't mind if the, if the episode's two hours i mean it's the final like that so part of me yeah. is just thinking it's neat to do it as 10 but i i i understand we'll, we'll see we'll see how it goes we'll we'll we'll, we'll base it I on think, the actual I think, conversation i reckon you know
1: hour 45 bumper rep you guys you we know you guys are looking forward to getting to honey i
0: shrunk the kids so we <laughs> yeah, don't want to delay that by a week yeah, which i think i keep thinking we, we need to rename it because we can't keep we can't unrelated so we'll get to back to of the garden we've, we've talked about that in the past doing uh doing uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids reviews for this channel because it was just a weird idea we once had. But I think we need to mm. call it Honey, I Shrunk NBS yeah. because yeah, we yeah. can't call it Honey, I Shrunk Steven University because it'll have nothing to do with Steven Universe and I feel that will yeah. cause confusion.
1: <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, but, 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 uh, can I ask one logistical question on that? Yeah. Are you going to watch some episodes in and around the other movies so that you've got more chance of seeing a fair amount? Or are you going to do it in chronological order of which we're reviewing it? (laughs) I think watch the movie. I think I'll I'll at least
0: I think I'll at least watch the first movie before I start watching episodes of the show. But yeah,
1: yeah, cool. Well, I think we're watching the first movie tomorrow, so I'm very excited. Yeah, it's exciting.
0: Very exciting. When are we recording Tuesday? Right? Yeah, to the point where someone said, "What are
1: you up to at the weekend?" And I said, "Uh, "I did a podcast." Why is this on the podcast? I don't worry about it. Um, uh, I said uh, I'm doing a podcast and watching Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And they were like, Why is that your weekend? (laughs) I was like, We're doing a podcast on Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And they were like, Is there demand for that?
0: I was like, No, (laughs) not really. (laughs) It's just a joke that we've taken too far. It is a joke that we've taken too far. Speaking of, I was taking things too far. Let's get to the actual. Let's get to the meat and potatoes. I think we've had far worse tangents
1: at the beginning of stuff than a four-minute thing related to what we were going to release
0: after this episode. I know, but this is the fun. People are excited. Chill. They turned it on. What are we doing? Chill. What are we Your doing? beans, Dan. <laughs> right. The unknown. Calm down. So, the the vague sort of um, description of, of the events of that episode, the recap, as some have called it. Um, we open... With actually, do we open with Greg? I don't even remember. What, yeah, no,
1: no. We open with no. We open with Beatrice. Beatrice herself.
0: Oh, that's right. She gets blown down. Like she, she thinks Love. she sees people. Then she sort of gets blown out of the air with the snowstorm. She ends up with work and basically tells him they know where Greg is um well she might know where greg is she she saw him with someone she's not going home until she saves him which immediately snaps war into okay fine because uh, he's not ready to have a conversation with her about anything because he's just like no we just greg's in trouble we're just going then that's fine
1: no the very beginning is 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 uh is greg doing his tasks for the beast yeah, and then that's exactly Beatrice... what i was
0: about to say
1: no 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 but yeah but that comes before what you're saying doesn't yeah well obviously then... these
0: two things are into cut chris but i obviously described the whole section and i was gonna go back just just saying let me do my let me do my let me do my, me do my recapping chris what are you doing to me
1: sorry, sorry. talk about it talk I about interrupting the you, flow you were chatting about batrice weren't you i love that people call you out in the comments for that before i then call you out on the episode love it
0: yeah well, I know if you actually remember rightly, I call myself out and then you jump on it like a cat waiting to pounce. Um, it's horrendous So, yeah, so we get the Beast. Um, he is basically giving Greg task after task um, that seem impossible, but Greg being an, in, in a sort of innovative child is not at all being deterred by these ridiculously impossible tasks. So there's a point where the Beast sort of accepts that he's never going to give up and just says, that's right, keep trying. Um, you know, essentially hinting that the cold will get him eventually and that's a reference to um an earlier episode where the beast uh not the beast the woodsman um actually said that you'll either get your spirit or you'll you'll get ill and basically the beast has decided that instead of taking um greg's sort of spirit and making him give up he's instead just gonna keep him out in the cold until he gets sick which will allow him to turn him into a tree um the woodsman himself is you know uh back at the old grist mill looking for some uh some adelwood um when he hears the 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 beast's song in the distance he runs out and finds um the beast with greg um they get into a dispute and it becomes a bit of a fight and they head off and at that point the light from the lantern which is dropped leads both Wurt and um, Beatrice to the uh, to the site where Greg is. They see that Greg's half-tree now, which is not a good look on him. Um, one of my favourite jokes of the episode is he coughs up some leaves and she's like, oh no, they're even growing inside him. And he's just like, no, I'm eating leaves. Uh, which is a great little gag. It's a great joke. Um, also a reference to a previous episode, because he was eating leaves in by Frogland. Um, so it's a nice little callback as well. Um, the Beast and the Woodsman return, and the Beast basically offers Wurt the chance to save his brother by putting his soul in the lantern and then becoming the lantern bearer and for a brief second words it's like okay and then he goes wait no that's dumb and realises essentially the truth of the situation which is that the beast basically is the only one who seems to care about whether this lantern is lit and that doesn't make any sense why does the beast care about this lantern and then he goes it's almost like your soul is in here and then he plucks up his courage to test this theory goes to blow it out and then the beast sort of reacts like no and like what immediately knows he's right and actually the beast has almost no power at all because anybody any moment could blow out the lantern um and then he hands it in a really badass moment to the woodsman and is like I'm not dealing with this this is your problem and then he basically takes he takes uh he takes greg and he's like we're going home but before he does that he does give beatrice the the scissors he Beatrice. I thought she was called. I thought she was called Patrice. Uh huh. I mean, it's it's literally one of my favourite bits of this podcast. I know. So, can you wait till after the? I've 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 stumbled my way through the the intro to make fun of me for that, please. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So, sorry. You were, he he stumbles across Patrice. Okay. Yeah, Beatrice. Yeah. Um. The only good thing that's come out of this is that I now call her the correct name all the time, which is which is good. Um. Mm. It's, yeah, it's, uh, everyone's gotta learn
1: how to do that at some point. Uh-huh. You've just you've just you just did your learning to say Beatrice
0: publicly, so Yes. Correct. Um so <laughs> so uh Wirt gives her the, the, the scissors, there's a they have a nice moment between each other and then he goes he goes home and they wake up in the river they fell in the moment from after the train. Um they're found by their friends crawling out as Wirt saves Greg they take in an ambulance they go back to the they go back to the hospital where where has his finds out that Greg is fine um and then has this moment of bravery where he tells Sarah they can listen to it together the tape at his own house and um everyone is satisfied with that ending as the narrator then points out and we then get a final version of the of the song into the unknown with some shots that give us some closure for some of the characters. The most obviously imp- important one, the one that gets dialogue, um, is uh, Beatrice getting her family back, but also the woodsman retur- returning home um, finally, and his daughter was was waiting for him. Um, well, I'll get to the to that at a later, uh, you know, later on in the in this in this discussion. But um, yeah, we finally end on the on the frog that <laughs> attained the name Jason Funderburker um and was finally that was finally decided this episode uh and uh and he's singing you know singing about singing about mysterious stuff chris what 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 did we think how do we feel i feel good man i really enjoyed it i thought it was a very a
1: very neat yet wonderfully open-ended ending Mm -hmm. i think there's uh there's lots to unpack. It's funny you say about the woodsman. That was sort of my immediate
0: yeah. thing. Um, we'll get to that in a second. Then. We'll, just, we'll make that a priority.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love that, you know, it's there's, there's hints that it wasn't real, yet it very much seems to be a shared experience between the two of them. And the obviously the, the
0: bell is still in... <laughs> Jason Thunderburger of the Frog, which um, uh, yeah, which... I mean that to me is the most clear evidence of whatever they went through, not just being in their minds.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. it being it being a real thing, uh, which is cool. Thoroughly enjoyed myself, Dan.
0: Good. Should we get? I to thought the... it
1: was a uh, a wonderful, you know, piece of ten episode television.
0: Yeah. No, it's incredible. It's incredible. I mean, let's let's actually start with the big question. I mean, in terms of satisfaction, obviously at the beginning, you know, you were sort of, and I tried to curb this because I didn't want you to sort of. I tried to sort of manage the expectations a little bit as the season went on. You probably noticed because right at the beginning, you were like, "I just can't wait to get answers." That's the sort of the stuff you were saying early on, Um, Mm. uh, because I think you assumed that the reason I was showing you this is because it's this great mystery that's got a full like detailed explanation and. I, no, s- I think I just assumed it was great and it would have to, if they left right. loads
1: of shit unanswered frustratingly you, you and everyone else wouldn't think it was great
0: oh I see, yeah, okay, yeah, fair enough, alright there. yeah, that makes sense, so yeah, there was a point at about like episode 4 or 5 when you were starting to ask questions about, about when they're going to get to explaining stuff because you were sort of seeing the clock ticking away and then I think you just were on board for the ride um, do you think mm. do, I mean, do you think they like, is, is this a they got away with it, or is this a they nailed it situation in terms of like the level of information? I think they nailed it because
1: I, I don't think everything as we as we've discussed on here before, and you know countless other times with things like lost and um, the leftovers. I don't think necessarily everything has to be answered for things to be satisfying. Um, mm-hmm. The reality is that as long as you don't leave things unanswerable. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's usually a satisfying experience, and the the theorizing and stuff um, is is wonderful. And I think it's it's some great character arc stuff. Um, I think it's it's funny because we kind of got. And um, I saw a I saw a behind the scenes clip um, which indicated that it aired over five nights or five weeks or something, sort of implying that the that it aired in in you know. Twos, yes, um, and I think if that 's the case, then the especially if you view those final two parts together, such a wonderful finale. I think there was more character stuff last week than there is this week, obviously, we got the apology um from work to greg but but we saw him learn. <laughs> And want to apologise last week, mm-hmm. so you know I don't uh, all that character work that we praised last week still stands basically. And this mm-hmm. is the it's all about uh, payoff and plot this week. Um, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was wonderful.
0: I did think I did think about that when we were initially planning this. I did think about maybe us doing the final two together because I remembered mm-hmm. and I hadn't really watched them at that point, but I remember distinctly feeling like the second the, the final two were sort of one in the same. like Yeah, very much. Because they're the only two,
1: if you think about it, that really directly... It's a part one and a part two more than any other episodes of this show. Everything else has a kind of A, B and C, whereas the A, B and C here is stretched across the two.
0: Yeah. Um, But that was actually one of my pieces of trivia for later on. But yeah, it was broadcast over a single week. Um, Two episodes a night, Monday to Friday. Um, And I think that's a, a great way to do it um if i 'm being mm-hmm. honest with you um but i yeah so i, I, I think I think you're right um about like the, the, the this episode on its own you could judge if you wanted and be like oh it 's a little imbalanced that you know they fight the beast and then it's like here 's the solution to the the character stuff, but it's like where's the character if you could you someone could argue that, but I think you've nailed it, which is that really this i think is most fairly judged as a t- as a two parter as a twenty minute finale. Um, and I think if you do it that way, it's perfectly balanced. These two work brilliantly off each other. If you watch it as a whole, it's this great 20-minute thing that sets up the character arc of why they're there, the kind of tragedy of of the situation, particularly you get that from the first part for work, for you realise that everything's his own fault, and he's just so, he can't get out of his own way, and he doesn't realise it, and he's blaming his brother, and then to have that moment in this episode where he realises that where he realizes that it is all his fault, and that he's dragged his brother into this really bad situation, and is mm. to the point. He's he's even convinced his brother that he's responsible. The rock facts think we'll get to that in a bit, but he's even sort of convinced Greg he's at fault. and, yeah. we, and it's and it's kind of tragic to see. It, you know, as as sad as it was to see Wirt sort of you know lying on the ground defeated, you know. A loss of hope you know that was tragic to me it was infinitely more tragic to see greg putting himself through that you know because i think that with greg he was a victim of what's social anxieties and well anxieties generally oh. And I think that's really unfortunate and strange. Like, yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, and I think that's kind of brilliant. But that only really works properly as a two-parter. That that functions together. So I think you really hit the nail on the head for that. Which, if judging this episode on its own, you definitely someone could definitely argue that it's like it's 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 maybe too much meat and no potatoes or whatever. I don't know. Whatever we chose for those but it depends two depends on your to preference. Because I. I love
1: the you know I love the the plot stuff so I think um, you know it, I just think it's best you get both probably from viewing those last two as two parties. Yeah, exactly.
0: To to create proper balance, you have to watch them. To, you you should watch them together. I think. Yeah, percent. Yeah. agreed. Yeah. So should we talk um, about should we talk gone. about should we talk about the woodsman?
1: Yeah, I think that was the one you kind of like. I the one area where I was like, I need some clarification on that.
0: I I, I the... I've got some ideas, but I'll let you th- to say what you think might have ha- what happened or ask the questions that you've got. No, I don't really
1: like other stuff. I've got a kind of a oh yeah, this 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 and this, but with that one, it's kind of like so. She, if if she, I don't believe her soul was in the lantern yet. When the beast is destroyed. And the lantern is broke. She's suddenly back. So did she? Was she being captured somewhere? And the beast being destroyed broke that capture or broke that spell. But then I, the beast, really in reality, as you say, doesn't have much power. He needs, He gets other people to do stuff um, for him because he can't seemingly can't touch anything yes yeah. um which we can theorize from the fact that you know he doesn't carry the fucking lantern and actually when when the woodsman and uh worked threatened the lantern he gets all big and stuff but he doesn't actually fundamentally grab them touch them or anything like that yes. um so yeah where she was hmm is intriguing to me, but from what you said earlier is the indication that he 's not be- he 's
0: not gone home <laughs> i mean that is that is exactly what i 'm about to get to yeah, that is basically it he 's been completely tricked, and that 's the real tragedy um, the, the The beast actually says to him in this episode, Are you really ready to go back to that empty house so he 's been at the old grist mill. Right. Which uh, was actually another pivotal, uh, pivotal, pivotal part of this, uh, the, the the tapestry of this world. We'll come back to the old grist mill in a bit because that's actually related very heavily to Beatrice's story. But um, are you really ready to go back to that empty house? Suggests that basically what may have happened is that she's gone into the woods in a panic. He's gone out in after her, but instead of bumping into her, he's bumped into the beast who has told him that he's taken his daughter. But in reality, as we've just established, he has absolutely no power in this world, other than being scary looking, um, and needing the trees ground up of the souls of those who have lost hope to keep himself alive. So he's basically tricked the woodsman into being the lantern bearer to keep himself alive by claiming that that he's now, if he was to go home, it would be to an empty house because his daughter is long gone and that's the real tragedy of it because he's clearly been doing this for years literally the beast says that you've been doing this for years which also by the way is an indication to me that the people in this world don't age they stay whatever age they are because his daughter is obviously still his daughter by the end of the episode um she's not Even like unless she's not she was grown into a, a lot young. Uh well no because obviously the intro to the show shows the woodsman and the daughter when they were together oh, yeah, and she's are the same age we'll yeah. get that's another thing we'll hint we'll get to a little bit later but um I think so. I think that's that 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 cabin is his home, and he's got. He, after defeating the beast, presumably, and finally going back there, the real tragedy of the the, the woodsman's story is that it was all absolutely for nothing. And he gets home, and she was just there waiting for him the whole time. Which means the whole time he was gone, she wasn't the one that was kidnapped. He was, and he could have chosen wow. to go back to her at any point, but didn't know. Wow, and Please. that is brilliant i think that's so clever and all of that is can only be inferred with that one sentence of are you really ready to go back to that empty house from the beast and i think that's Mm. just such incredible writing he is one of the most tragic figures in this entire show like it's it's heartbreaking Mm. to think that this daughter he was basically tricked into chopping up god chopping up trees made of people essentially yeah. which morally obviously he feels very awful about like when he finally and I, and, and it's worth noting that they very clearly establish in this episode as well he didn't know that's what was happening no he thought they no, were no, just no. normal trees he 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 reacts yeah. very strongly when he realizes the the beast is turning lost souls into these trees. And those are the exact words we used, by the way, lost souls, which I thought was interesting. But yeah, I think that, yeah, the, the Woodsman story, which, I, and I felt like you the first time. I was like, what, because he defeated the beast, the souls that he, he ate up returned? Question mark? Like, that was how I felt the very first time I watched it, but watching it, um, watching it, I think, the second time, because I watched the whole show before we started doing this. You know, top mm-hmm. to bottom. Um, just so I, you know, knew where I was. Um, Remembered, yeah. Yeah, um, I put it together a bit more clearly there and then, and I and again, it's uh, it's it's an incredible it's an incredible sequence of events. Some people, and that's the great thing about the show. Some people may totally disagree with that interpretation of what's what's happened, but he's sat on the porch. She comes out from inside the house. It's not like she wanders out from the woods. Do you know what I mean? Like she's been waiting, yes. and they clearly set up. He hasn't been home in a while, so I think that's the I think that's the situation. Yeah, and she clearly reacts to him like. <gasps> Yeah, she's surprised to see him, which means she's been waiting alone for a long time, and again, even that, and that's tragic too.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like you say, the notion that he thinks she's kidnapped and she thinks he's kidnapped.
0: Yeah, yeah, incredible. Wow. And I and I, I do appreciate as well the way this story that where this story goes that gives worth such confidence, like he to the point where he hands the beast's lantern to, um, uh, to you know, to the woodsman and very specifically is like you deal with this because i think he knows a lot as well i think he knows that it's he's not the one that's been tormented by the beast for as long that's the the woodsman's yeah. the one whose life's been ruined by this beast so did I think, he say
1: something like i've i've got my own problems this is yours or something yeah
0: Oh yeah it's a really yeah. i've not got the line in front of me i can bring it up but like it is a totally badass line like it's such yeah. it's such a badass piece of dialogue let me see if i can find it do you think? Do you wish that I, there yeah, was some go. sort of? I've got my own problems to take care of. This one's yours.
1: Do you think? But I don't think he means it in like you deal with this. He means it in you. You have you have the power and the knowledge now. Do with it what you will.
0: Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. He's he's, yeah. he's he's. But it's again, it's such a powerful moment. It's such a. It's such a. It's such an important moment. It's you know, in a weird way, a lot of this story is about coming of age, and I almost feel like that moment. No, that's dumb. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that. We're not going to run away from these problems anymore. I think that is really an allegory for the, this journey in general. I think that a lot of this journey mm-hmm. is about growing up and be, about becoming a, a functional adult and like learning to take responsibility for your choices and your actions and, 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 and learning to make decisions for yourself and not just go along with stuff. And I think, think we're handing that lantern off after realizing... Is a really great moment, and, and and credit credit to Elijah Wood. We don't compliment, compliment the cast enough here, but there's a moment when he's not as sure of his theory, and his voice sort of breaks. I can't remember on what line it is, but there's a voice he almost says it twice. Um, there you go. He goes, "Are you?" And his voice cracks, and he clears his throat, and then he goes, "Um," and then he goes, "Are you?" Because the yeah, that's it. The Beast says. Are you ready to see true darkness? He's trying to scare Wert into going along with it, and Wert's like, "Are you? <clears throat> are you? <laughs> like?" And it's this—I'm mm. br- not doing it justice. Obviously, it's an incredible performance from Elijah Wood. but it's this moment where he goes from being unsure of himself, and his voice is cracking, and he's not sure what he's saying. "Are, are you?" Where he, and then he, g- he gains confidence in himself, and he goes, "No, are you?" Like, and realizes what's actually you know what's happening and then he goes to blow, yeah. out the, blow out the lantern and the beast says don't, don't and that's like the, that's the moment um, so yeah I think well, that's did you think of good of the, the beast?
1: what did you think of the beast's true form that we obviously get a fleeting glimpse of well and I tried to it's so fleeting I tried to pause that so
0: much and in the end I just googled it <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I can. Say, I've got. I I did a screenshot. I did a. I framed by framed it until I got the perfect shot where he's perfectly lit. Do you want me to send it to you, or have you seen enough of it that you know? No,
1: no, no. I go like Google. Yeah, yeah I googled it.
0: Cool. Uh, yeah, no, it's 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 pretty horrendous. It's pretty horrendous. It's pretty. It's it's horrific. It's like he's, his body is made up of faces and eyes and like skulls almost. He's he's not an attractive man. Uh, I'm not. I'm not trying to be judgy, Chris, but he's. <laughs> 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 he's he's a, he's a horrific creature but he's designed specifically to access a certain fear, like a known like fear, Do, yeah. have you ever heard of trypophobia? no, no, no so trypophobia is a fear of like things with holes in right but it's a real people who have this fear are horrified Right. Uh, that idea like it, it like makes them physically want to vomit they react really strongly to it and he's just full of holes isn't it he? he's a he's a holy man yeah holy in the sense of he's full of holes Gee. not holy in the sense of religious um <laughs> do you think he's do you think it
1: those faces and stuff though no, they can't really represent the victims can they do you think or cuz the the color of it is slightly you know elderwoody the color of him
0: i mean i guess if he's fueled by Trees that are grown up of people. Yeah, I mean, I suppose maybe. But, he the, gets... but
1: the only thing I don't like about that though is the implication. and I suppose it could be true, but I prefer, I prefer him to be a trickster t- as opposed to the implication that the more souls that are destroyed, the more, the more wood that burn, you know, the more
0: oil that burns for the beast, the stronger the beast becomes. I don't think it's about making him stronger; more about keeping him alive. I think he's a creature, right. maybe made up of that stuff, and it's 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 right. more his it's more what keeps him alive at all right yeah which is a really interesting dynamic because essentially to to the beast who is made of darkness and can control darkness and there's a point in the episode where he like surrounds war in utter darkness the idea that, that to beat him you have to blow out the lantern so the yeah. only way to beat him is to be brave in a way that most people probably would never be
1: what if uh, what if there's a little bit of a crossover, Dan? And mm-hmm. he's uh, he's Voldemort in the in the forest <laughs> when he goes off as his half and half, yeah, yeah. the Albanian forest,
0: yeah. Like okay. it could be, Chris, could be.
1: I mean, it seems unlikely, but yeah, it does.
0: Uh, um, I do like that he's a trickster. If,
1: if I mean, you never know, though. J.K. might wreck on it into existence.
0: <laughs> I hate when people make that joke. It's the dumbest joke. I know. It's a, it doesn't I, make any sense. She's literally changed two, she's, she's changed two things. One of which she had the right to do. It was in a prequel film. And the other one, she was directly asked and she gave her opinion. Um, I, I don't understand.
1: I, that joke I makes don't. no
0: sense to me. Why that's become a meme that she just keeps going back in and recording things makes no sense to me. Um, absolutely none whatsoever. Um. And if anyone's about to say, but well, Hermione, she didn't know. They, the, the, the show was separate. They happened to cast somebody of a different uh, ethnicity. And she said... That's, oh, that's ridiculous. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, and that's, she said, That's fine. I, you know, I think that's I think that's great. I never specified an ethnicity. What she wasn't saying was, Oh, in my head she was always. No, she was simply saying, I know you know what, this is a whole can of worms we've opened. I'm not doing it. Um but yeah, that 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 situation really pissed sounds, me off so that's become a running. Sounds joke a little bit like you're doing it, Dan. Anyway, no, nope, I'm moving got, on. It feels feels, it. A li-
1: feels a little bit like uh like I uh I've got now I've now got, you know, I've got two strings to my bow. I've got Batrice and uh I've got JK retcons. I think people are upset at the idea of wizards shitting in the Great Hall, but that even that's not retconning. That's just <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's not retcon. It doesn't change anything from the books, so shush. Anyway, um so yeah, I mean Really cool actually a little little note for, on the point of hit of keeping the beast alive at the beginning of this episode when the woodsman is in the old grist mill he finds those two sort of snapped twigs of adelwood and he starts grinding them up in the machine, which I presume is why he hangs around the grist mill the grist mill has a machine that he can use to get the oil out mm. of the 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 um the wood the, the you know get the oil mm. out of the wood uh, but those two sticks of adelwood he finds underneath like a cabinet. You actually see those two get broken and thrown under there in episode one. By who? Uh, I can't. think Greg. Oh, I, cool. I didn't have the shot in front of me, but um, I, I someone. I, well, there was a YouTube video I saw that had both clips lined up, and I can't 100 remember. I saw so many videos prepping for this. <laughs> so I'd make ridiculous. <laughs> Like, there are so many videos <laughs> online going through the, like, uh, over the garden wall in detail. But
1: well, what did you think of all the, the Dante's Infernal, Inferno Hell stuff, then, that's out there? I mean, this really will be one bumper episode, because we're now talking much bigger, but...
0: Yeah. um, Yeah, so we're dipping into some of the stuff I've got on that. But, I, I th- no, I think that's great. I mean, for those who don't know, but, uh, Beatrice is the name of one of the characters in Dante's Inferno, and specifically that's a character who leads hey? Dante. No, no, no. Let me get through this episode in peace. It's the last one, Chris. Stop tormenting me. It's not fair. I did it like a couple of times. Oh, you mean Beatrice? Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, mate. It's sorry. not funny like, anymore.
1: Genuinely, genuinely confusing. Sorry,
0: mate. Uh-huh. Yeah, you can say Beatrice. Yeah, Beatrice um, is named after Beatrice from Dante's Inferno. Or, sorry, Dante. Well, Dante's... Not Dante's Inferno. Dante is Divine Comedy. Um, a character who literally leads... Dante from purgatory to heaven in arguably the same way that Beatrice leads work through the unknown um I think that's I think it's a very intentional reference on the show's part um I think the idea is very heavily to hint that there is an element of afterlife and purgatory to the unknown you know where, where you land on that is a very different matter but uh, I don't it's' I'd, certainly a reference
1: I think reference and you know nod as opposed to outright hell personally um i think that um there's no denying it personally there's no denying it's you know intentional and it's it is like i say a reference but i don't feel like it means
0: the unknown is categorically hell yeah i don't think the unknown is hell either um i i guess one of the things we'll do at the uh at the end of this is we'll have a look at um, we'll have we'll, we'll maybe give our own theories as to what's actually going on, um, or we could do that now. I suppose I don't know why I'm. <laughs> why would I say we'll do that later when we're talking about yeah, it? Yeah, I
1: don't think this can be. I don't think this can be of, of in any order because it's so... yeah, it's also, yeah, you it's can't also tied really to what's discuss going on. the episode without. Tides, do you know
0: what I mean? Yeah. Unless we're like, well, oh,
1: I really? Like, I really like that scene. Um, and also, it prevents me <laughs> from
0: ha- from doing what I was scared this would end up being, which is that the last hour would be just me listing references to stuff and you going, yeah, cool, cool, cool. exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah, well, I, I think gone.
1: I think it's a a. I think, and I think to be fair, I did I did watch a YouTube video which kind of echoed this, um, which was I think YouTube explainer, um and they were kind of talking about how the unknown is a a a place a place kind of accessed through imagination a place of a place that exists but is um you know it's not necessarily an afterlife it's but it is where consciousness can go um and you know the consciousness of quincy is there and the, the you know potentially it's so expansive <gasps> expansive that um you know the multiple consciousness you you know i i think you know it happened i don't think it was in one of their heads because it's a shared experience and we see the frog with the bell um but i think it is and it's definitely accessed when you know in in a heightened state such as near death i think it's excuse me I think what's interesting is, you know, I don't know if the implication there is that (laughs) all of Beatrice's family jumped out the way of a train and fell in a lake or went through something similar and the woodsman and the daughter, you know, that's hard to tell and hard to know. Um, But I, I think it really happened and I think it was a place where the consciousness can
0: go. Yeah. I, I, I sort of agree. I think it's complicated because what what throws me off that theory, because I like that theory a lot, and I remember reading some theories like that at the time as well, where it's sort of like it's a plane of existence that you go when, you know, uh, conscious where you go, where you, you could either meditate your way there, you could either sort of have a, like a trauma like that where it knocks you unconscious. You could probably visit there if you were in a coma. You know, there are many ways you could theoretically breach the unknown. So, therefore you could argue that all of the characters in the show are people who are going through their own stories. You know, where they, they're, you know, in their real lives, they're either in a coma or they've had some other sort of trauma or are drowning, like, the boys or whatever, you know. The problem I have with that, and the reason I don't think that quite fits, is that the boys are the only ones seeming to try and get out. Everyone else seems to live there. And I and and I think it doesn't really fit, because I think everyone else that's there should be trying to... It feels like everyone else is a resident, basically. And I feel like Mm -hmm. that doesn't really fit. So my sort of explanation is somewhat close to that because I think as well with that theory, what I love mostly about that theory is it sort of explains why everyone is from different time periods because we haven't really talked about yes this, but beatrice's yeah. dress sense and hairstyle suggests she's from the regency era which is like 1970 mm-hmm. uh, 1795 to 1837 um miss langtree's hair implies she's from 1980 uh, sorry 1890s victorian sort of era like there's loads of people from different time frames and i think mm-hmm. that i think that because of that I like the idea that time doesn't really exist in the unknown in the same way. So they're all from different times, all having those experiences. That that sort of fits to me. But the idea that the only two people seeming to be travelling through it to a, to an end point, to an escape, to returning to Earth is are the two boys. So for me, I think it's actually probably more likely something to do with it's it's. I think it's our version of purgatory. I don't think it's purgatory as we know it. I think it is when you're teetering between life and death. I think most times, nine times out of ten, you end up like if you you know if you've had a horrible accident, or you you know you've been poisoned or whatever. That moment when you're teaching between life and death, I think I like to no not like to think. I think that the my, I like to think is an explanation for the show that what's actually happening is that all these people are teaching between life and death, but the people who have res- made residency there are the are the, the ones that are not getting out, the ones that have had a more serious incident happen to them something they're not likely to be able to escape from um and i think obviously and greg only being in the water drowning is an option so they're there but it's not as likely to kill them as what some of the other characters may have been through could um, you
1: make an argument that the the, the greg the reason greg and Bert are trying to get through is because they're lost souls um in their in their kind of own ways i guess and that maybe everyone else's consciousness they're hanging around because they you know they've either they're not lost because they've they've come to the end of their life or they're accepting that they're going to die or something because i know some of them are young but in the time periods they're placed in Mm -hmm. they're not young enough to do do you see what i mean like they are at an age where they would potentially accept death more because it's not like they're children from the modern era who would potentially expect to grow to be 80 years old you know I don't know
0: yeah yeah I think I mean I think, I think there's, that's a part of it I I do think it is to do I do think it's heavily to do with death I don't think it's an it, it's it's unintentional yeah. I think I think there I think it is a form of purgatory I don't think it's purgatory as we know it though I don't think you know but I think that's the that's the word that fits the most um and I, and, I, and I can and I, if you'd like I can read you when someone asked creator a question specifically regarding that and his answer mm. Mm, um, Please do. so the question Asker says so I interpret the series is that the unknown is where your soul goes when you're between life and death so it's not a metaphor it's a real place because Jason the Funderburk of the frog brought back the magical bell he swallowed um, and we see that the characters from the unknown continue to exist after the boys wake up um, have you heard any other theories like this or how do you you know what, what or would you like to settle once and for all what actually happened so, Pat McHale, his response. Your interpretation makes sense to me, but maybe it's not about life and death. Maybe it's about reality versus fantasy, about dreams versus wakefulness. The unknown is literally unknown. There are stories that were once told and are gone forever. Words that have, never, that have been spoken and forgotten. Ideas that have been thought but lost. There's plenty of stuff mankind has never thought of and will never think of. The unknown is all that stuff. Is there more to the universe than what humans can perceive? and then, may, uh, then maybe everything that can be conceived is floating around somewhere unseen and unknown in an abstract way. So maybe Wirt and Greg get a glimpse of it, which makes, uh, and makes sense of these abstract concepts the best way they can understand it, which is goofy cartoon stories. Or maybe Wirt and Greg and everyone else in the show are just some made-up characters used to express some ideas that would have otherwise disappeared. Maybe everything on TV is a lie. Maybe all of your memories are lies. Maybe everything you perceive is a lie. But you have to believe in something, right? <laughs> wow, that is... Wow, Jesus. Um,
1: He's is... Uh, he's been taken... He's like a wanky Kevin Feige. He didn't actually answer anything yes. in the way that Kevin Feige doesn't. Can I just say, I would, just because i gotta I got to get this out because it's just happened. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it on Nothing But Static, but don't you just love the... Clearly Disney, Sony, anyone else connected doesn't doesn't, you know, doesn't doesn't play Kevin Feige's game. Kevin Feige the other week, it was like asked if they were going to Comic Con and he went apparently he answered, Even confirming or denying whether we're gonna be at Comic Con is a spoiler for Avengers Endgame. And then Disney Plus is just like Falcon and Winter Soldier series? Uh, L- L- Loki series? <laughs> like, Hawkeye series? It's like, oh, really? But Whether you're going to Comic-Con is a spoiler, but the fact that all these fuckers have TV shows isn't cool.
0: Yeah, well, they didn't actually announce the Hawkeye one. That's a rumour. They didn't announce that at the, 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 the like that. Disney Plus at all. It's interesting. Anyway,
1: um, no, but, they, but, they have, but they have announced a logo for two characters who are spoilers
0: meant to be. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard Yeah, 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 hundred yeah, <laughs> percent. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, in terms of uh, Pat McHale's answer, I I think he's essentially saying there it could be a, you know let it be whatever you want it to be imagination wise. For me, it, there are too many Absolutely. references to death and afterlife. I think I do think it is some sort of between life and death world, or or maybe even it is just the afterlife. That is just what happens when you when you die. You go into that space, um, and that's why all those people are there. You know. Um, you know it's not a coincidence that Quincy Endicott's name is on that gravestone
1: no but I think if it's directly the afterlife it would have been um, trickier almost for them to get out of it
0: not if you're just sort of like passing through if you're sort of near death like maybe that's the difference between the boys passing through and all the other people who appear to be residents they can't choose fits. to go home. No, right, they've yes. died. The boys are near death, so they're they are passing through. They're travellers. You know, they're they're getting or a they, glimpse of
1: it. Or they've chosen to. You know, it's that really kind of um, yes, that beautiful well. line from her huh? from yeah. Nicholas. Um, the, yeah, nearly headless Nick in Harry Potter. Yes, where he says he says something. Harry's like Harry goes to find him after Sirius, and he's kind of he basically indicates that the brave people move on and, you know, actually choosing to become a ghost is a, um, isn't, I can't remember what he says, but it's, it's beautiful. Maybe, you know, these people have chosen to live in purgatory, like nearly
0: headless Nick essentially did. Yeah, no, I, that, that, that was part of sort of the theory I initially conceived about as well was the idea that they've, there's a choice to be had. There's a choice. You get to this place, the unknown, and you can either, you go on, and then it's heaven, hell, or whatever you want, to, whatever kind of afterlife you want to imagine. Or you could choose to go. You can, you know, you can choose to go back. Almost uh, if you're in a, if you're in a, if you're in a nod, if you know, unless your death was very final, you could you know, you can your spirit, your soul, whatever, can choose to go back. Which is why Wurt and Gregor are referred to as lost souls. You know, they they've not decided to stay. They've not decided to move on. They're sort of in the middle of that. Um, so they're lost. So, but
1: what do you think happens to the people then uh, in that scenario that the beast
0: turns into trees? I guess their souls are destroyed. They don't get to move on. They don't get to stay in the unknown. It's mm. quite tragic. It's quite dark. dark. It's very dark. But the show is pretty dark. And I think what's interesting as well is there's a shot, I think it's in this episode, of the woodsman having cut down a tree and it's hollow. And the implication of that being that when the beast turns you into a tree, he hollows you out. is That's a pretty haunting idea too. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> um, what did you think of the montage then? Well, the montage we'll get to. There's a ton. I've got some stuff from the middle of the episode we should talk about if that's okay. Okay. We'll we'll, we'll try yeah. to do the rest of the episode in some sort of order. So, um, did you like the idea of the the beast trying to get Greg's hope and then giving up and then just making him too ill?
1: Yeah, I think there's. I think it's, what's interesting about that is like everything else is very integrated and embedded. And fundamentally, with that, it's. <laughs> He uh, he's never going to destroy this isn't a criticism because they embed it well but he's never going to be able to destroy Greg's spirit which has been hinted at throughout about you know when you give up hope blah, blah 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 that 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 notion of you know give up all hope you you give yourself over to the beast has been truly put into everything yes there's an element of oh yeah no but you can also you can also get ill you can also get a cold cool and maybe that's been embedded more than that one line you referenced earlier but it almost feels like a oh shit he's
0: never going to break greg's spirit
1: oh right, yeah he can do it. He can do it if he's ill too yep yeah, yep yeah, cool. cool
0: cool yeah <laughs> i mean um, i think it's i can't remember which episode the quote is from but the exact quote is fall ill or lose hope and your life shall pass into his crooked hands um and that's uh i think the woodsman says that and it's like five four episodes ago three episodes ago mm. He, so they do set it up mid-season. They don't set it up like, you know, this episode of The Wonders No, I know, it.
1: but and, th- and th- there might be other lines that really set it up. I think the the woodsman saying it is slightly problematic, cause, but he didn't know, do you know what I mean? He didn't know they were the trees, but he knew that
0: if you get ill or give up hope, you end up with the beast. And... Oh, yeah. was it? So was it the woodsman? Maybe it wasn't the woodsman. I've, I've made a note of that, but maybe I've made that wrong. Let me just go back, because that's a really good point. Let me go back because I'm wondering now if it's um, songs of the Dark Lantern. in the the people in the the people in the uh, pub or something maybe. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Uh, let me you see the
1: quote. You should be able to find, shouldn't?
0: you? Yeah, it, for some reason, control Fing that didn't bring it up, which is annoying. Oh, there you go. Um, no, it's it is it's it's the woodsman. It's 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 in. The episode, the ringing of the bell. Before they go to Anti Whispers, they bump into the woodsman, mm. don't they? Um, and oh he, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he says, "The beast knows your presence. He's ready to claim you as part of his dark forest, but only if you give up." Um. Mm. And then he says, "Keep hearty in both body and spirit, and you shall be safe from him. Fall ill and lose hope, hope and your life your life shall pass into his crooked hands." Children, please heed my, war- please heed- please heed my war- warning. Beware of the beast. And that's when the beast shows up and says, Woodsman, we should talk. I well, think you're right then. That doesn't actually make any sense because he clearly knows. I think we found a lot. Or at look.
1: least knows enough to put it together. He's been doing it for years. Do you know what I mean? God, another, yeah. another child's soul's disappeared. Oh, well, at least there's another tree.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> Claim you as part of his dark forest, but only if you give up. Keep party in both body and spirit, and you shall be safe from him. Fall ill or lose hope, and your life shall pass into his crooked hands. Children, please heed my warning, boys. Beware the beast. What? I mean, that's compared to this week when he was like, I didn't know. It's like, wait, well, you did. I mean, yeah. it's very clear you did. That's a, Yeah, I think we found a small, small plot hole it's a very specific warning isn't it yeah he literally says this week I didn't know I didn't know this is where the uh, the Edelwood trees came from would it have mattered would you have just let your daughter's spirit burn out forever feed the lantern no hold your tongue. You something like, she wouldn't
1: have wanted this or something
0: yeah she there you go yeah she would not wish this bizarre that, that is bizarre comment below i guess <laughs> yeah we bleh, those two things don't fit together that's really annoying uh yeah so um i think that's a really cool i think that the, the idea of that's how he beats greg or has to be greg it says a lot more about greg than anything else and i really like that, the implication yeah and i love the gag as you referenced earlier no nope, i'm just eating leaves <laughs> Yeah, which is brilliant, because I think it's Lullabies in Frogland or whatever it is, that episode, when they sort of camp out before um, Beatrice sneaks to... Sorry, not my not my mic. Uh, when Before she sneaks out to Adelaide, shush. Um, he's there, they're over a campfire, and Greg, Greg is, like, roasting leaves on the end of a stick, the way you'd roast marshmallows, and then he tries to eat them, and it's just sad and grim. Um but yeah, it's a great little thing. Uh, well, do you think that they forgive or that work forgives Beatrice too quickly? Some people have said that. I don't agree with that myself, but I was curious what you thought about that. Because you no, you, you had a lot he's... invested in their relationship.
1: No, I don't think he... I, I think he... I interpreted it as the the realisation of how he treated Greg made him realise how he might have been quick to judge Beatrice um, and not... <laughs> Give her a chance. She was very clearly yelling after them, very clearly distressed. She clearly also, don't forget, she's just, she's literally just saved his life and put him in the protection of her family. So if she didn't care, she wouldn't have done that. And I feel like when he says to her, thank you, he's thanking her for all she's done. Right. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think he gets a little bit of shit when she's like, you had the scissors all along, and he's like, well, well, it's like, well, to be fair, it's like, yeah, you <laughs> they fucking you, ran, aw- they ran away thinking it was your fault, and this
0: is the first time he's really had a chance to have a chat, so. <laughs> yeah, but I like that they cover it off with him being like, well, I was kind of mad at you, like, because there is a moment when he says go home earlier in the episode, and if she'd have just gone home then, he wasn't going to give them to her. Oh right, yeah, fair point. There's a there's the early part of the episode where he literally tells her to go home. She's like, "Not till Greg's safe." It was almost it it wasn't, but it was almost like a test. Mm. He was still a bit mad at her, and he was like, "No, just go home. I'm done with you." And she's like, "No, I'm here to help Greg." And once she once he I think once he knew she what her intentions were, they got to the task at hand, but then he gave her back the scissors or gave her the scissors, I should say. Yeah, I think I don't think he forgave her too quickly at all. You don't think, what's sorry? I don't I don't think he forgave her too quickly. No, I don't yeah. t- I don't either, but I've seen that that criticism l- l- you know aimed at it, which is that they never really some people said they all oh, they never really get a moment to forgive each other. I'm like, yeah, but the way that they come back together is such a fraught moment. It's in the it's in, with the loss of Greg Greg being no, having... thank you. There's there's so much for me in the thank you. I
1: think the thank you is is covering that. Um yeah, I yeah. think all you all you were to Patrice haters need to back off. <laughs> um <laughs>
0: My personal opinion, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's fair. Um, do the, Do you think the the fact that the beast describes them as lost souls give you gives you any other like I like any other clarification on what what's really going on, or do you think that's as unknowable as it's probably going to be? No, I think no more than we've
1: discussed already. Yeah. Like they're lost souls between life and death, um, and you know they're. He's works a lost soul because of his feelings for Sarah. Greg, to some degree, is a lost soul because no matter what he does, he can't gain his his brother's approval or affection. Yeah, and uh-huh. he feels
0: guilty about having stolen the rock fact rock, rock fact rock. Yes, which yeah. I suppose while we're here, we'll talk about. It. So th- he's had that all season, knowing that, knowing that he's felt guilty about that. And in the previous episode when he was like, and I also got a rock with the face drawn on it, like, you know, from Mrs. Daniel's garden or whatever. Mm. um, The idea that he just took that without permission. And of course the shot of him taking it is actually in the intro to the show. um, As is a shot of him returning it, the last shot of the show. And I think that's I just think that's a really sweet bookend to his story. I think the Rock Facts Rock is like one of those weird sort of subtle story arcs that actually is more significant than you initially could give it credit for, I think.
1: It's also funny to me because it adds a... It's like Greg is such a lovely, positive person that there's no... It's kind of like Wurt's got some emotional shit that he potentially needs to atone for and work out in purgatory, and they've given Greg a crime... Like, do you know what I mean? Like, a crime that he needs to, you know, his guilt, his, his whether that's a sin. Do you know, what I mean? it's just interesting that you could argue that element for Greg's character.
0: Yeah, agreed. Like, I think, I, I think a lot of kids, when they're younger, like, end up sort of taking something that's not theirs when they're very young and then regretting it. You know, like, I think that's how, I think that's how a lot of people learn that, like, you know, uh, treat think, others as you want to th- be treated. Like you, you know, the, you you might take yeah. something, and then you'd feel like, oh, well, actually, no, that person probably feels very bad. They've not got this anymore.
1: Um, I think in the, I think in the UK though, that happens less um, since Walworth no longer
0: exists. <laughs> I was thinking more along the lines of, I think when I was like, I think when I was five or something like that, or like six. I seem to have this, I have this weird memory. Of there being a, a toy car at one of my friends' houses that I really liked, and like sort of pocketing it and then going back another day and putting it back, because <laughs> mm. <laughs> I just felt bad was... about it. Like I took it home, I put it a mm. little bit, and then felt bad about how uh, I, the whole thing was just associated to a, like a negative feeling. So I remember like mm. you know going back the next week to you know to, to the friend's house to play again and then putting it back in his like box of toys or whatever you know and I, I and it's it's weird how we learn these lessons when we're young and i think there's something st- that struck me about greg's story because it's, it's it's rock like there's no way she actually cares it's gone but greg is so innocent <coughs> do you know what i mean he yeah, deci- he, he, he returns he it. really cares yeah there's uh, just for clarification
1: Wool was a chain of stores that had were famous for having pick and mix that like i know so many People our age that would steal the pickabix when they were younger and stuff. Yeah, no, I think um, I definitely think not, I was.
0: I definitely think I was part of that as well. <laughs> not,
1: not me. I was, I was too busy stealing hearts,
0: um, <laughs> the... hearts and minds. Um, yeah, man. Do you want to hear the lyrics to the Beast's song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, well, he, he sings a song called "Come Wayward Souls," and it literally says, uh, "Come wayward souls that wander through the darkness. There is light for those." Sorry, there is light for the lost and meek. Sorrow and fear are easily forgotten when you submit to the s- soil of the earth. See, there's i people that say
1: it's not to do with death.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So he's talking about wayward souls wandering through darkness. He's saying there's light for the lost, uh, the lost and the meek. That's. Obviously referring to the lantern, you can become part of the light, the lantern, the thing that's keeping him alive. Um, sorrow and fear are easily forgotten when you submit to the soil of the earth, which is essentially saying you whatever you're feeling sad or scared about as a lost soul, it'll be easily forgotten if you just submit to, 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 to the to becoming a tree, to becoming a good tree. And I can have you chopped down by a person I've tricked and then fed into this lantern here. That's that's what he's saying. It's quite direct. <laughs> It's quite direct and dark,
1: and it's 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 got so many obvious connotations of you know being buried and like you know um, disintegrating into the
0: the dirt and stuff like that. Yeah, agreed. Um, there's another song that's sung. Um, I think this is was this the one that they're sung when they when they're coming out. This is so. This is the one. Did you notice? Um, the potatoes and molasses song sung in Latin. No. <laughs> so in the background, when they're first looking for work, not work, sorry, Greg, they hear like a there's like an angelic song playing under under it, but it's "O potatus et molasses, si velis." I can't even pronounce this. Choir Anubis." So it's basically the entire. Potatoes and Molasses song translated into Latin and then sung again underneath the sequence of events. <laughs> <laughs> Which Amazing. is just incredible. I don't know. And it is sung by Greg. It's his voice. Uh, I don't know. It's re- it's really haunting when you hear it in the episode that you don't realize. You, don't, you I, I, could, I would totally understand so you're not hearing it for what it is. But, I, yeah, yeah, like yeah. The, but when you hear it knowing that's what it is, like oh my God, it's literally potatoes and molasses, and it's not even that subtle, it's like really out there, but because it's in Latin, I guess, and it's, it it feels more like ambient music and it's building up the tone really well. I guess you're not paying as much attention to its existence, but I thought that was really cool, <laughs> just maybe just me being a nerd, but I thought that was awesome
1: that's awesome
0: um and actually, one note about the uh the the Come Wayward so- soul's song um it's actually sung to the tune of all Holy night, mm. Which is obviously a, like a like a hymn type thing for re- you religious folk out there. Yeah.
1: Is it is it a, is it a general hymn or a Christmas hymn specifically? Um,
0: I've I've a heard it. Hymn, I've heard it, it done as a that. like a Christmassy one. Hmm. Mm. Which actually makes sense mm. because obviously I... the seasons shift through the show. When they get there, it's fall, which is the time they left reality. And then by the end of the show, it's clearly winter in the unknown and, and snowing and very cold. Now, some people have suggested... Do you think...
1: Do you think yeah, go. Well,
0: I was going to say, there's, there's, there's a theory regarding that. Well, there's there's a theory and then we're, we're going to cover two of my notes here. There's a theory and there's also an original explanation for why that might be. So the original plan, or one of the original ideas, was that when they returned from the unknown... Several months would have actually passed in reality, and they'd have been lost that whole time, and they'd have come back, and it would have been Christmas, and everyone would have been like, "Where have you been?" Um, so that's the reason that the season changes because they were going to come back at Christmas in the real world. So it was going to have gotten cold, and then they'd be back, and it would be Christmas in the real world. They obviously dumped nah, the idea but that idea.
1: We'll get to that, but <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I wouldn't have liked that either. I wouldn't have liked that either. No, hundred um, percent. I think that would have made meant made, made for more. Uh, uh, more explain, they've had more explaining to do, and it wouldn't have got us to the point which is seeing him talk to Sarah. But anyway, well, that's another another moment to talk about in a little bit. Um, but what I think is cool about it is some people have suggested the idea is now that because it gets colder and colder, it's actually hypothermia setting in in the real world, mm. which is a really neat idea. And I, 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 that's headcanon for me now. That's like 100% yeah, it's what, much what, neater. So much neater and works. A I lot. like the notion.
1: I way prefer the notion that they weren't technically under that water for too long. Yes, like because that's the problem for me. The big problem with the months passing theory, where you couldn't have done the underwater thing because the bodies wouldn't have survived. Like that's just correct, crazy. Yeah, um, and yeah, it brings up all sorts of questions about the parents and like this, the logic of because you could kind of. <laughs> You could make an argument that really their parents should be there at the hospital. Like, there would have been time. I understand the kids maybe finding them and calling an ambulance and da-da-da-da-da. But, yeah, you'd think by the time they woke up, it, 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 the parents would be there. Or certainly that the hospital wouldn't have gone, oh, yeah, they're waking up after this really horrendous thing. Yeah, you you all go in in your Halloween costumes and wait. Yeah, that's just what... That's just what they're going to need when they wake up. Um, so, yeah. yeah, it's already stretching that a little bit. Yeah. That first notion
0: would have just stretched it way too far for me. Yeah, uh, but thankfully, I think it was kind of like an, an early idea. Um, yeah. And I think that's okay. So um, let's talk a little bit about like the the sort of after they're out of the woods stuff. Um, for ex- Well, first of all, I suppose we quickly hit the, the song. So there's a song that plays while they're in the... Um, while they're in the in the hospital, um, not not in the hospital, sorry, in the ambulance, and the lyrics are: one is a bird, two are the trees, three is the wind in the leaves, four are the stars, five with the moon smiling up uh, down upon thee. Um, and then it carries on in the in the in a vinyl release they did, but not in the show. But it's six of the fish, seven are the reeds, brushing the soft bellied breeze. Eight other roots, firm in the ground. Deep is my love for thee. Deep is my love for thee, even. Um, I don't know what we can glean from that one. That one seems a bit more... Uh... Well, it seems to be referencing, you know, Batrice, um, the fish, the,
1: the trees. It just seems to be referencing stuff from the show.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of the visual, the imagery is, like, so bird, the trees, the wind in the leaves, the stars, the moon. These are all things we could see in the woods, I suppose. The fish, the reeds. Yeah, I guess you're right. So it's just more of a list of shit we saw. Cool. <laughs> oh. That's the working title of the, well, what, of,
1: the, of the song.
0: What's interesting, though, is that is a song, uh, that song is sung by Shirley Jones, who is actually Beatrice's, sorry, Beatrice's. Yes. You got it. You got me. You got me. You did it. Is that was that? Is that been the game all along? You keep saying it wrong until you get me to say it wrong one more time. No, no. Please don't think there's any thought beyond annoying you. Yeah. Well, it's working. Beatrice's mother, coupled with um, uh, coupled with the final line of the song, it could be deduced that Beatrice's mother sang this song to her. Maybe. Um. So yeah. No, good. Yeah. Especially because it ends with like, uh, "Deep is my love for thee." That's nice.
1: Maybe, although if I'd if i been turned into a donkey and, you know, then got unturned into a donkey, <laughs> I wouldn't be like, one is the garden, two is the donkey, three is the trees. I'd be like, one is the garden, two is the donkey. Yeah, you remember when you got us turned into fucking donkeys? Yeah. Jesus, Patrice. So, but yeah, <laughs> that's a nice notion still. Yes. Um. A to be of... fair, they seem fairly they seem fairly
0: casual about the whole thing anyway, to be fair. Remember when you turned us into birds? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess after a certain amount of time, if it's all worked out in the end, it's kind of like I suppose you could laugh at that. Um, yeah. So, I wanted to very briefly talk about the name for the frog, Jason Funderburker. Because mm. what I think is really nice is in the previous episode, Greg s- asks... Word to help him name him, and he doesn't. He's no, I'm not interested in that. What? No, sort it out yourself. Choose a name yourself. Then the show continues with Greg choosing name after name after name, not settling on any of them. The second word chooses a name for the frog. Greg decides that's the perfect name for a frog. Oh yeah, it's very sweet. And I think he was just waiting for word to help. All along,
1: ugh, in so many ways, it's so beautifully written.
0: Isn't that great? Like, I only got that on this rewatch, but I was just like, "That's actually perfect." Like, I love how sweet that is. Because, and obviously,
1: the great gag of like the real Jason Thunderbird <laughs> being like, "Huh?
0: <laughs> you mean me? <laughs> no, I mean the frog." Like, yeah, it's great. That's a really good gag.
1: And obviously, um,
0: it's it's my frog, our frog, oh, ah, yeah. our frog.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, ah, oh, frog. Yeah, yeah. When when we're while we're on uh, hospital scene, obviously Dan uh-huh. Sarah's not got a tape player. So, do you think they are more modern, closer th- to the modern day than than realised?
0: When I first heard that line back in the the my my probably my original watch, I think I made that I drew that conclusion. But having rewatched it multiple times since then. Everything from the weird boxy cars to the horrible wallpaper in the house at the party. It's all screaming. 70s, 80s or very early 90s at the latest between them. Nothing beyond that. So I think the furthest you could push it is early 90s when I guess cassette players were less prevalent but not on... Not like like no one had them. Do you know what I mean? That's my assumption. Because... Everything else is pointing to further back in the past. Like I said, from the designer, the, specifically the design of the cars struck me the most, the police car particularly. It's very old and boxy. Yeah, I think, and like I said, when they're in the house, like, oh, the design of the house, like, it's all very sort of, I mean, almost 70s, some of those stuff, like in the, like the wallpaper of the house and that. So for me, I still think it's further back in the past, but I would absolutely understand somebody suggesting that it was more modern as a result well, of that. You think she just can't line. afford a tape player or something? What's that, Terry? You think she just can't afford like a tape player or. Yeah, or she just uh, doesn't listen to a lot of music, so she doesn't have one. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Or maybe it is, like I said, 90s where they're becoming a little bit less prevalent. Yeah, and
1: uh, Worth is clinging on to his, his life before his um, new dad and brother by clinging dear to the the things he used at the time before then
0: yeah
1: hashtag deep hashtag chris thinks he's deep to be fair i yeah i think i was probably someone who who clung on to tapes a bit it's crazy like the 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 cassette tape revival and the vhs tape revival is nuts (laughs) to me but anyway (laughs) it's true
0: this is true. Especially
1: um, the VHS one, where it is
0: categorically not a good way to watch films. Yeah, no, it's horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. Um, do you like the idea that, by the way, we didn't mention this, but would you like the idea that to get out of the unknown, he just had to ex- he had to, he had to just decide that he was going to face his life and face his like choices?
1: I don't know if I...
0: Cause they, they don't do anything to get out. He just decides I'm going back to face my problems. And he and and Beatrice is the same, you know. She's going back to face her family finally.
1: But do you think it is that? I, I just sort of viewed it as he just feels he feels confident. He felt I suppose it's the same thing. But like he's it's more. It was for me more about him loving Greg and deciding to look after Greg. And he goes back to, mm-hmm. essentially to rescue Greg. Yeah, they don't both immediately wake up. He. Wait, he he opens his eyes. He reaches out. He goes down. He saves his brother, and he pulls him back. I viewed it almost as we, you know, this is about saving Greg now. But I, because just because I suppose he doesn't explicitly say, I've got to face up to Sarah. But do you think there's an element of because he's so confident and like he, you know, he does the lamp thing and he's he's quite um, like he's he's running against the weather. Do you think he's just like a confident guy
0: now and it's just like, right, boom. Well, I was just looking at the last lines before he went. That's where it came from, that idea, because he says, here, Woodsman, I've got my own problems to take care of. This one's yours. My brother and I are going home. So to me, it was like, I've got course correction to do here. I have been cowardly and I've been blaming my brother. I need to get back to my life so I can make better decisions. You know. Uh, see, I
1: viewed that as the problem being the tree taking over greg and stuff but so maybe
0: i viewed that more literally than you so yeah i like your interpretation because because well because there's no then there's no problem then after that he just goes home so like for for it for him to say i've got my own problems to take care of suggests there's still an issue but there isn't is there he just goes home after that there's no there's no more conflict there there's no more so to me i've got my own problems to take care of is about facing up to his life and his decisions Mm. and and accepting that that and going with that is how he gets out because the the other irony of this whole thing of course is that they end up in audible distance from the old grist mill which is literally where they started (laughs) so after 10 episodes of (laughs) travelling enough time for the season in the unknown to actually change (laughs) they have ended up within like shouting distance of the gristmill, which is literally where they were in the first episode. So, yeah, so they've. But mean, it's about them as people, Dan, and how they've grown. I, I agreed, which is why I feel like he, he says, I've got my own problems to deal with, and then they just, they just, they just show up out. Like they're just. They return to their sort of conscious bodies. Um, that's kind of. That's how I've perceived it, anyway. I don't know if anyone has any different theories. Of course, any theories at all, or anything you want to tell us we've got wrong, you can stick it down in the comments. Um, did you like that Greg's hair was all super neat? What, when they went back? Uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that did make me laugh. I just thought that whole scene was so sweet. Like, the the connection between the two of them, the fact that he's like, where's Greg is the first question he asks and stuff, yeah.
0: I also like that the frog, Jason Funderburker, is wearing the hat from Sarah's costume. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I like that, again... I mean, what kind of hospital is this?
1: <laughs> yes.
0: well, what kind of ambulance is that? They've been very nice to just let the frog lie on one of the gurneys. What? I what? Know. It's a frog. <laughs> you're a, you're a medical institution. That frog I came got from way a more the about, river. I've got,
1: got way more questions about the real world here than I do the unknown. <laughs>
0: questions about the ambulance people oh yeah we'll let them keep their pet frog that they found in the river that's definitely not no, just... but even the hospital didn't take it away from him they they even put a little blanket over the frog yeah madness <laughs> did you notice that Jason Funderburker was holding hands with the bird girl who who clearly liked him in the previous episode I didn't notice that. That's cool. That's so, sweet so in the issue. previous episode, the girl in the bird outfit. When he, when she, he stopped. When Sarah was like, "You can stop holding my hand now," she was like, "You can hold my hand, Jason Funderburke." Uh, like, it was very, it was very like, oh yeah, sweet yeah, yeah. and awkward. Well, in this, if you look at that, the shots of them together, uh, or the the shots in the hospital, in every one of them, he's holding her hand. Oh, that's sweet. I think that is sweet. He's, I mean, and the thing is about the J- the Jason Funderburke thing. This whole, like, we make jokes about, he's the complete package, that's hilarious, because he's just this weird sort of guy, but, like, I think to Wirt, he is the complete package, because I think he's everything Wirt wants to be. I think he, he, that confidence... He's confident. Exactly, and I think that... um, I don't think that's... I think it's one of those things that starts as a joke, but in reality is actually something quite... makes quite quite a strong statement about Wirt's state of mind.
1: Yeah, he's quite... He's so... For, you know, he he goes for it. Basically, he he thinks he wants Sarah, so he really goes for Sarah in that those early, you know, in that in in the last episode and stuff.
0: Yeah, agreed. Um, did you like that there was a bit of there was a moment of almost reverting back to form with the tape that he fights? So straight away he goes, "We'll listen to the tape together," and then he goes, "Maybe we'll listen to some other stuff first, and we'll build towards the tape." And then like he he goes back on that and goes, "Oh, we could listen to the tape." Like it was he almost had like a moment of where he regressed. But then he fought it. <laughs> mm. I think. Um, yeah, I thought I thought that was
1: more. I I think I just viewed that more as a gag. I found that um, funny. I think, um, like you say, it reverses in the end. And also, like just because he's got, you know, I think getting the confidence to to speak to her and tell her he like and ask her out essentially is one thing, and getting the confidence to go here's this strange tape
0: I made you with clarinet is uh, is another <laughs> cl- cl- clarinet and poetry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. okay so let's talk about the ending tags and um, there's several of them uh and what i love is the narrator who we haven't heard since the first episode who blatantly is jason thunderbird of the frog says now the story is complete and everyone is satisfied with the ending and yet yeah, over the garden wall and i love that because first of all it's a joke the story's complete and you're all satisfied with everything like it's almost a knowing nod to the people who might be like oh, give me the answers you know um what exactly is the unknown? You know, um it's called the unknown. It's the, the clue is in the name. But um, you know, it's almost like a a wink to the idea that not everybody might be satisfied with this ending. Uh, but then it goes into say and and yet yeah, over the garden wall, and then we get a series of tags related to other characters. Um the fish that was fishing finally catches something, one of the black turtles. Um I don't have much to say about that other than he looks very happy with his with his catch and I'm I'm happy for him. Yeah. Uh we yeah, pleased s- for the fish? Yeah, we we see Lorna uh, living happy with Auntie Whispers. She's reading a book that is ironically, not ironically, very cleverly called "Tome of the Unknown," which is the title of the pilot. Which we'll get your thoughts on a little bit, Chris. I'd like to, I'd like to get your, because I, I, I'll, I'll be completely honest here. I've not seen that, so I would be curious to get to find out what that's what that's like. Oh what, you've not watched it at all? No, I never seen I've never I have never because you know what, I was good at, I thought about watching it for this and I thought no we could do a maybe that's something we can do later on if anybody wants us to, but so I still haven't I've still haven't seen it, but I like that you've seen it so oh. we can we can do a small review of it here. Um the frog uh still a frog coming out of the mud. There's those frogs from the from the 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 in Frog Langland episode are still still hibernating, which is nice. Come coming, coming for a little bit there, then went back down um lady gray looking at a photo of uh, quincy with fred which i think is cool then we see the shelf that the toy maker had uh from an uh, from the earlier you know from the from the intro of the very first episode but now he's added two more toys three more toys actually he's done Greg were and jason the frog i think that's nice mm-hmm. Uh, the folks from Schooltown Follies are now visiting the circus that once uh, the guy was trapped at as a gorilla <laughs> as part of the act. I, that, I thought that was weird. They chose to go see that, but you know, fine. <laughs> um, uh the the lantern seems to have found its way to Pottsfield. Um, it's at the it's at the Enoch's feet. We uh, see Enoch actually as a black cat, which ironically, in the very first episode, um, we see a black cat moving around pumpkins in a cart. That's clearly Enoch preparing for the Harvest Festival from the very second episode. Um, Now we know that Enoch is a cat. There's also actually, to step out of that, another note I've made, is that if you watch the Harvest Festival episode of The Hard Times of the Huskin Bee, when they first get into the barn where all the the pumpkin people are dancing, two of them are dancing with a black cat, and then it cuts away, and a few shots later it cuts back, the black cat has vanished. And then a few shots after that, the big... Giant pumpkin starts to move, so they clearly illustrate that there's a there's a there's a black cat controlling that giant thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the cat is gone and and to do that, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah. and and then we get to one of my absolute favorites, which is Beatrice's family lived in the old gristmill. the The mm. old gristmill is their home, and that's why. Their dog is the monster in the first episode. It's all, it all comes together, but in like eight different pieces. So in the very intro to the show, uh, which I asked Chris to rewatch before we did this, you see mm-hmm. human uh, Beatrice mm. with the dog, the the brown mm-hmm. and white dog from the first episode. That at them. Uh, no, they're not at them. They're just in a meadow, aren't they? And then you see a bluebird fly from the back. Now, in the past, I've posited the theory that maybe it was... Adelaide that she pissed off originally, but I actually I'm gonna I'm going back to the original story. I don't think she was lying anymore. I think she did throw a rock at a bluebird because you can see the bluebird in the background of that shot flying through, and then you see her looking a bit grumpy, and you can imagine maybe she's pissed off and she's about to throw a rock. So I think I think that is very much what happened. I think directly. um But what's cool about that is that means that that's the reason the dog was hanging around the old gristmill because the old gristmill was Beatrice's family home. That was her family dog. He was there, and that's when he ate one of the turtles. Well, well ate one, ate the sweets, but eventually ended up eating the sweet that, that that was actually attached to one of those turtles, and it turned him into that monster from the first episode. And I think that's, that's insane right amount way. of pieces to string together.
1: It, it was crazy to me how much was in the opening titles. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. Like it's all just there. It's Lips. it's completely laid out. The rock facts, rock. Beatrice is a human, the woodsman with his daughter. Like it is literally all there. Auntie Whispers and um it's crazy. Lorna, sorry, with her with her bag of bones and hollow bone bones, whatever you want to call it.
1: <laughs> so bizarre. It was like, oh wow.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's why it's one of those things where like because the, the, the other episode you were sort of saying, Come on, Dan, it's like you know, it's not like they it's not like this is two years down, there. it's only ten episodes. They could have inserted that stuff. It's still really clever how bold they were to just put this stuff up front.
1: Yeah, I think that's what surprised me, especially watching the the closing montage and the opening credits close to each other. Yes, it's
0: almost the same thing. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's just a really bold move. Yeah, it's really bold, a hundred percent. So, what do we think of the, the the scene with Beatrice and her family before we get on to sort of like some of the other bits? I thought it
1: was fun. I thought it was quite cutesy. Just the, the banter. I like the fact that they've... It's, it's, it, I could see potentially some people being like, "Look, oh well, that's a bit, like, too neatly resolved, almost. Like, I think I made a joke earlier, like, they're, they're quite relaxed about the whole thing, but really, you don't have the time to go into the nuances of it. So, clearly establishing that they forgive her is probably a better use
0: of that time. Yeah. And did you feel satisfied that your theory was accurate?
1: Well the well, my eventual theory that the that the, the um thing the scissors were real, you mean? Yes. Yeah, no no no, that was cool. That was cool. Um I mean my original thing was like I think I outrightly was just like bullshit. Um yes, so you are. <laughs> It was I'm just glad they're safe, Dan.
0: Cool. Um so there you go. So I think that was everything from the other side. Although I, I do actually...
1: wanna know who clipped the first set of rings cause wings, 'cause obviously the, the birds don't have the thumbs,
0: so that's fair. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah. And actually, well, uh, Greg fucked
1: off. So, well,
0: actually, on the note of uh, on the note of the old grist mill being theirs, there are apparently a ton of hints that that the old grist mill used to be theirs. Apparently, there are bluebird statues everywhere, like they're just into bluebirds. And eat, there's a sack of potatoes that's a brand that has bluebirds on it, which is actually based on a real life brand. But that's all in the first episode. All these hints that That's they used awesome. to live there. It's, it's mad. Anyway. Um let so I've got a bunch of notes still to get through, but we'll do those quicker like trivia. Um and I think we've hit on a bunch of them, so I'm probably gonna delete a bunch as we go that I'll be like, Oh, we've already talked about that. But mm. in terms of um let's talk about Term of the Unknown. Let's 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 hit that. So what what's what's the vague story of that? How related is it to the final product? Like what's 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 the deal with that? Um
1: well it starts it starts with um patrice uh were and greg <laughs> they're already together walking yeah they're already together they're not seemingly lost they're looking for the tome of the unknown right and then they go into a garden and find a car made of watermelon i think and there's like I've seen singing, that still singing mango or singing pumpkin or something right uh and they decide to drive to the city And then on the way to the city, Greg accidentally crashes the car into a scarecrow, which releases a load of crows, which begin to attack the city, which is full of like singing fruit and stuff. Um, And then Greg eventually scares the crows away again by just incessantly screaming. (laughs) Right. I mean, it's
0: it's a weird nine minutes, Dan. I mean, that is weird. Because, I mean, that's what—that's the thing that Cartoon Network was super excited about, that they wanted to turn into a full series.
1: I mean, it's got a lot of personality, and it's got a lot of the whimsical elements of the show, which is nice. Right. Um, it is someone... I saw a comment that was like, this is like an alternative universe over the garden wall, and it very much feels like that. It's like, it's like, not... There's no hints of the deeper stuff, particularly that I... I mean, I didn't, you know, I just watched it. I didn't then delve into it. Yeah. Um, there's no, there's no sense of frustration of like we've got to go home. They're just, they're just looking for a book, um, but it's, it's entertaining. Um, there's like, there's a bit where he, Greg has the car uh, and he looks at the wheel and he's like, is this, is this cucumber? And Beatrice is just like, eat it, like, and he goes to like lick the wheel and stuff. Like, it's pretty funny. But yeah, so there's, there's amusing stuff in it, but it's not, it's not as deep. And it doesn't really you can't wreck on it either. You can't go, oh well maybe this is an alternative adventure because they're just so Greg and Wert are so like happy and content and we never see were in particular that that jolly. <laughs> yes. It is it does it's it's bizarre in a way because the show I suppose, how long do you draw out the hints and stuff? But the 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 core concept, the interesting thing about Over the Garden Wall, and I suppose slightly inspired by Tone of the Garden Wall, or whatever it's called, um, is that essentially the concept is endless. They could just keep running into people and stories, and it could have gone four years of that. Um, but they obviously, they chose not to. Um, and then you could easily you could you could also bring it back and just have a different two characters end up in that world and interact with either the same people again you know it it, it, all it would take is another beast coming along for there to be some shit going down um
0: but i prefer it this way (laughs) yeah me too (laughs) very much so uh, that's, that sounds interesting, but I, I, I sort of you, you hit on a, kind of one of the reasons I've never really previously been too fussed about seeing it was that I always got the impression that it was very different to what we got, and I kind of liked what we got
1: in lot. execution. It's tonally, visually, I suppose, visually it's a little bit lighter, but I don't know if that's because this visually the last two episodes are so dark, dark winery, yeah. <laughs> so maybe that just it just feels you know it's not really any lighter than the schools episode, I suppose um but you know tonally visually the characters oh Beatrice has a different voice actress that's really weird um uh but yeah it's you know there are it's it's fine it's nine minutes it's 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 worth a watch to to
0: complete the the set i'm surprised you haven't seen it um so yeah the original voice actor for beatrice was um natasha leggero Oh right. Who's sort of famous comedian. Like the actress they eventually got to do it. I don't know her from anything else, whereas Natasha Legere is a bit of a name, it's interesting that they didn't end up getting her back for the whole show. Although I think I prefer well I say I prefer I've not heard the the other one, so but I think I, I knowing Natasha Legere's voice from her comedy I like what we got. <laughs> but I'd have to yeah, it's I'd a have bit, to hear how, I'd have to hear how she handled it to be honest with you. It's a lot sharper than what we got.
1: What we got's a lot gentler. I I prefer what we got as well, but, you know, nine episodes versus
0: one could just be that. Yeah. You know? I mean, Natasha Leggero's got, like, a cynicism to her in her comedy, but I didn't... I don't know if she'd have brought that to the character or not, but... Um, shall we go through some of the remaining notes, then? Yeah, yeah. I'm worried this is going to be rallying off stuff, so please in, uh, interrupt as much as you'd like to, uh, to, to throw your thoughts into these. Um, Greg was based on Pat McHale's son to some degree there's
1: uh i can interject there there's a behind the scenes clip uh and there's this really <laughs> sweet moment where the kid who plays greg goes um he says something like and i might be paraphrasing but he says something like i play i play greg and he's the funny part of the show <laughs> i'm like all <laughs> that's right
0: adorable. that's adorable <laughs> how old is the kid that, that plays i don't know i can never work out people's ages <laughs> <laughs> okay that's funny that's really great um it seems that Mrs. Langtree was being overdramatic when she was talking about Jimmy Brown. She's made it sound like he'd been missing for months, but apparently, if you listen to the full version of the song found on the soundtrack, he was just gone for three days. Although she does know, <laughs> she does know it felt like eight. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's ridiculous is what that is. Apparently, they were originally thinking of doing 18 episodes. Oh, wow. Um, that was the original plan. Um, I don't know whether they just didn't think they had enough story for eighteen, or they thought stretching out of eighteen might make it a little too thin. Um, I think I'd I like. Think, no, I think I'd have, I like. I would have liked to have seen the alternate universe where they did eighteen episodes of the show.
1: Yeah, maybe. Although I think there's a reality that the the more you do it, the more you risk putting too many answers in, or you couldn't do as much cool stuff and integrated stuff. I think as what they've managed to do with uh, ten, it's certainly very
0: focused. And there's not much I think the only difference you'd get from eighteen episodes is maybe more time to explore some of the ideas rather than mm. But I, I don't know if that would actually make the show better or maybe more bloated. Mm. It's an interesting mm. thought. Makes though. sense. Yeah. yeah. Um apparently what's characters originally called was gonna be originally called Walter. Um mm. I, uh, yeah, that's just a thing I'd discovered. Um Jason Funderburker's design is actually based on show creator patrick uh, McHale himself there's a picture of him from i think the 80s i want to say where he is wearing a hella fresh suit and uh it is very much the design inspiration for um i don't have that picture to hand and i don't think i can necessarily remember to edit it into the video but if you if you google that it's quite a fun image it's really good I was going to say I saw an interview clip
1: of him and he didn't look like him at all now, but obviously in the back in the day he did.
0: Then yeah, he had a bit. He had a bowl haircut, looked awkward as crap, but he was wearing a fly suit. <laughs> 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 look, look. I, it sounds like I'm mocking. Honestly, I, I look worse than that now. So what's <laughs> <once>, you know? <laughs> he's killing it, man. He was killing it. Um, what's interesting? It's is- a complete package. He's the complete package. He is the complete package. Um, interestingly, now I said last week that it seemed like Wurt's costume came from maybe a band outfit of some sort um, mm. in his in his attic. In reality, I, I didn't look closely enough. It looked like there was like a trumpet or something on, on, on the hat, so that's where I think I assumed it was a band outfit. And I'm sure, and I don't know because it's not been released yet from where we're recording this, but I'm sure there are plenty of comments correcting me. But just so you guys know, I shortly thereafter discovered that actually, if you look closely, it's not uh, a horn as such. It's the, it's the symbol of the um, uh, of the Union from the American Civil War. And the Union infantry soldiers wore hats like that. So it looks like it was an old Civil War uniform. I couldn't find much evidence that they wore capes quite like his. But they did have... There were parts to some of the coats that had a cape-like quality. Um, That I think you could maybe detach So it it, it kind of fits with an old Civil War era outfit. You you went deep into this stuff. Well yeah because I also looked into a theory that (laughs) there was a theory that it's a World War One nurse's outfit. Now I did find a World War One nurse's sort of cape that was and I mean identical doesn't cover it. Like it's blue on the outside, red lining it's very close to what Wert wears, but the problem is, right. he doesn't find that he finds that jacket with a with a Union infantry hat from the Civil War, so either someone's just collected random old war memorabilia and shoved them in a box or, more likely, I think it is supposed to be the Union Civil War outfit. I think that fits but I don't I don't think it's likely to be uniform for yeah. two sources because they're the same exact shade of blue they clearly match um he doesn't end up taking the hat obviously the hat he discards and then makes his own with the with the, with the santa hat of sorts. so uh, yeah I I think it's a civil war thing I think even though yeah. even though it does really spookily match a picture I found of a World War 1 nurse's outfit
1: mm. yeah I think I think you're right I think it's a civil war costume I yeah. think it's more likely as well that he would you know, he's a he's a young kid. Uh, you know, in the eighties. Yeah, I I can see him being Civil War more than wanting to be the the nurse.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Um, for
1: for the time and stuff.
0: There's um one of the cassettes, So in Wurt's room, and I did freeze frame this when we watched this episode to see if I could find some little details. Missed a couple. Um, there's a poster on the background of Wurt's room. That's for the, a band called the Black Turtles, which I thought was fun. Um, there's a cassette on his table that appears to say three non-blondes instead of four non-blondes. So I'm not 100% sure if that's a joke that maybe one of the members of that band left, or if it's an alternate universe where there were only over three non-blondes. I don't know. I thought that was kind of fun. No, right. I thought that was. I was going to say that's a
1: band, isn't it? But the band is for non-blondes. Correct. It? Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's maybe that's a little notion that it's a parallel world. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I
0: think is an interesting idea. My favorite, though, of all the little things in that room that's noteworthy is there's a book on the floor for interior design, which I paid no attention to, and I freeze-framed it. But of course, in the episode Mad Love, he talks about how it's the architecture from the Rococo era. Where does he know that from? He read a book on interior design. <laughs> Which we see in oh, his wow. room, like what a great
1: little detail what what a why is he dressing up as civil war people and reading books
0: on interior design like he's no Thunderburker, is he no he's definitely not, but I got the impression that he wasn't really dressing up as a civil like intentionally as civil i think he was i think he just liked the cape because if he didn't want to dress up as a civil war person, he'd have worn the hat too right he'd have worn the hat It's
1: such tell. a it's such a um, and I guess you could go deep into psychology about you know. Superheroes are wearing wearing capes and stuff like that, but it's for someone so painfully shy. The cape is a bold,
0: <laughs> the cape's a <are> bold. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I get the impression that was his moment of confidence, though. Like, wasn't it? He was like looking in the mirror. Yeah. He even put a fan there to see the cape swell in the wind. I think he, that oh, night, well, I think when he was I... leaving that night, he felt confident, but I think he lost yeah, it instantly. About it, like
1: when I when I early in my. um like working career the the manager i had at the time would constantly talk about you know how i had the skills but didn't necessarily have the confidence and there would be constant talk of wearing a cloak of confidence and imagining i was walking around with a cloak that gave me confidence and stuff and yeah so i think that is a thing that is a psychology thing out there yeah um Yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of one to ones where cloak of confidence came up, and like recently, someone said something, and they were like, "Oh yeah," said I need to be a bit more confident, and I was like, "They talk about the cloak," (laughs) and they were like, "Yeah, how do you know that?" It's
0: like I had a lot of cloak talks myself. Amazing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where do I start with that. (laughs) Um, um, Well. We'll move on in a second, but I'm very quickly going to ask Chris if I can take a pee break because I am desperate for a wee and I have still got. I think we've still got about 15-20 minutes of stuff to go through here. Is it okay if I take a quick break for a pee? Yeah, I'll, do, I'll do the same. Yeah. I'll nip. I'll, I'll nip. We'll snip. So for listeners... we we'll reconvene. For listeners, you're going to hear a little... There's a little there'll, be a, there'll be a beep here as we cut from this moment to the moment after we've relieved ourselves. <laughs> here comes the beep. We're back. Good. Relieved. Hey! I feel relieved. I mean, I feel relieved. I made a terrible error of basically, I woke up, basically drank a pint of water, then made a giant cup of tea, and I've been drinking that the whole time. So between the pint of water and that, there was just there was no way I was getting through all <laughs> getting through this yeah, without needing rare. a toilet break. Terrible mistake on my part. I should have done what I'm probably going to have to do for Avengers um, Endgame and just not drink for like three days ahead of the movie. <laughs> I <laughs> I can't tell you how much time
1: I've spent thinking about. The strategic challenges and strategy of yeah. that. My thinking is, because <laughs> I suspect me and Ron run a... Because presumably Endgame will have come out by the time this... Yeah, definitely would have come out by the time this airs. But um, we're having dinner beforehand. So I think a small, single drink with dinner and then go into the film with a big Coke, but don't really start drinking it until... Halfway through, yep. I think that's my intent because you, you know, I no, know I don't want to be dehydrated, but
0: I don't want to leave the film. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's the strategy most people are going to go with. I think, which is drink ahead of the t- yeah. ahead of the film to the point where you would need to go before the film.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So then you're hydrated, but you're also yeah. yeah. That's yeah. the way to do it. Anyway, shall we get to? I can see why they've not
1: put an intermission in it, but. You know it was useful in hateful Eight.
0: <laughs> yeah, <I'll> but <laughs> um should we talk about some of the cut plots then? Some of these were cut because they were too dark, yeah. some of them they chose not to go with, but these are I think these are fascinating. Um, this one's mad. A man they find the house of a man who made dice from the bones of captured children, and the, the right. song of the souls of the children were trapped underneath the house, and th- they would they would be singing. And the kid Wert and Greg would hear them, and that's what would tip them off, and they'd try to escape like that's that is that is dark
1: that's... <laughs> yes, Tom um, it's too dark, Dan, and also I don't like the idea that, that this sounds such a weird sentence to say, but I don't like the idea that there's a rival being out there after the souls and bodies of children that is a really good point yeah he's he's cutting into he's cutting the beast into the beast less... territory, yeah. Makes, well, makes the makes the beast less the beast's t- like Mate, get this is
0: my territory. this is my turf. You you find your own woods mm. to torment kids in, man. I got my. <laughs> I mean, this is this is my this is my spot. <laughs> this is my corner.
1: <laughs> That's the bones came from the inside of the trees,
0: but yeah, no, it's weird. Yeah, um, there's another idea of a witch who took her skin off at night to fly around and dance on people while they slept.
1: That's Bizarre,
0: <laughs> just weird, isn't it? I like the yeah. idea though, that that's the third sister. <laughs> the third. Oh yeah, that's nice. Yeah. That is nice. Like we never saw her, but that's what. Apparently, Pat McHale has said that he's got a massive backstory for Adelaide that he's worked out, but he'll never ever tell anyone what it is. And I don't know why, but he's 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 decided that's stay he... secret. Well... Why would he not tell anyone? Yeah, I don't know. He's just that for some reason that's private for him. He just doesn't want to reveal that. He thinks I don't know. I don't know why. I, I
1: wondered I wondered whether her death or her thing was like being uh, caught in a fire or something or being you know, she turns to ashes.
0: I don't know. Mm. Anyway. So she thought Yeah. Um, there's a there was an idea of Wert accidentally getting caught trying to steal from a lady's house. And she sort of sees him as this charming gentleman burglar and she's quite infatuated with work. I guess she's into bad boys or something. I'm not really sure. But like the idea being that this this lady that he who's wor- whose work whose is stealing from like she ends up being charmed by him rather than appalled when she finds him stealing. <laughs> It's a funny idea. Of the ones
1: you, of the ones you've named so far, that's the one I'd be the most could slot in. I think.
0: Yeah, that's a funny idea. I think that is a very funny idea. Um, But like, if you if you think about all these ideas, you think like, oh, this this could have been the plan for the original eighteen episodes. Maybe this is where some of these ideas fell by the wayside. Um, This one's great. This is my absolute favorite. If I'm being completely honest with you, they visit a town where everything seems and feels like it's underwater. They can float and everything's moving around in that wavy sort of waterway but they're able to talk and breathe just fine. The idea of this is that it completely foreshadows the fact that in the real world they're currently in water.
1: Oh, that's awesome. That's great.
0: Isn't that brilliant?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So those are sort of some missing concepts or episodes we didn't get to see. Um did you do you want <laughs> there was a point when the very premise of the show was very different. Do you want to hear some of the idea for that? No. No, no, no. Okay, well, just we'll move on. on. Uh, so, some original titles <laughs> oh. for the <laughs> God. Obviously, I want to hear. So, uh, well, question. it's great. So, the the original idea is actually, I would like to see. Oh, just like as a different show. Like, I would just watch this as a show. But the idea is that they're mm. on a train. They don't know how they got there, but they get the impression distinctly that it's taking them beyond. Like they're dead. They're dying, and it's taking oh, them wow. beyond. So they escape the train. They jump off it, and then they end up in the unknown which is the woods at the end that's good oh the beast by the way in that version he's just someone who works on the train he's following them to try and get them back on the train he's just he's just doing his job man (laughs) he's just doing his (laughs) job but the the idea of that one is that they're both again like in this one there's an element of avoiding the real world and choices they made in real life and in yeah. the end, they decide to face their problems and get back on the train, only to find out it wasn't taking them back to death, but taking them on, uh, taking them back to life.
1: Ah, oh, that's good.
0: Isn't that great? I would. That's a good idea for I would, a film or a TV series in itself. Yeah, it's brilliant. Like that, that original concept is. I mean, God, that, Pat McHale is clearly a genius. Like that's a, that's a whole other show that I would definitely watch. Yeah. <laughs> Um. So yeah, I think it's great. No, I think it's a really cool notion, and I love the idea that of of a different version of the Beast, where he's not the Beast at all, but just like some weird train conductor that's like, Heinz, get back on the train." Yeah, (laughs) that's a that's cool. That's a funny idea to me. Um, Would you like to hear some of the original titles for the show? Yep. So originally, there's there's a lot of them. So Lantern Song, Torch of the Unknown. The one that's maybe most intriguing for where he was, what he was thinking of when he first came up with this, Lost in Dreamland. Ooh. Yeah, it sort of suggests dreams and stuff, but yeah. Hmm. Um, or maybe the idea might have in that one been that they referenced that it felt like Dreamland. They were calling it Dreamland because they assumed they were sleeping because it was so weird, but obviously then they'd find out differently. I don't know what the exact notion of that was, but there you go. The one that makes the least sense to me, Saltbox Stories. I shrug, I don't. I don't know what that is <laughs> uh,
1: the salt of the of the water that
0: they're in maybe yeah know. yeah maybe yeah let me just is a saltbox a thing I have no idea no it's a place hmm. oh, I don't know no, I genuinely don't understand that um hmm. saltbox stories. Uh, the old lantern makes sense the speckled hen I mean what is he doing name it a pub or a TV show I don't understand um <laughs> <laughs> Second head is particularly bad. Yeah, that's a, that's no great one. Haunted dreams, once again hinting at the dream idea. Yeah, uh, don't go home, which I suspect might have been a title more related to the train version
1: of the show, maybe. Oh yeah.
0: Uh, Long gone. Okay, yeah, sort of dark mm-hmm. and suggests uh, they've been they've been missing for a while. Haunted woods. I mean, that's just very literal. <laughs> I'm glad he didn't go with that one. Uh, dark steam shadows. Yeah, that's all right. Not sure, yeah. And then the one that I think is very much reminiscent of the train notion, which is literally Little Black Train.
1: Ah, that's nice. Yeah,
0: I, I think the train version of the show should have been, would if that had existed, the, the, of those titles, Little Black Train is my favourite.
1: Yeah, I love the idea of the train version of the show. I think that's really cool. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, apart- I mean, this is deeper um, and has more to analyse. That was a bit more ABC and a bit more... Uh, a- you know explanationary but yeah
0: yeah i just think it's i think the it's the idea in general like forgetting maybe the execution for a second like the notion of of um there being a train that either takes you on or takes you back when you when you yeah. get into a near death situation and you don't know which it is. And if you were to jump off, you would end up in some sort of weird void world with other lost souls that have avoided because that very much leans into the, the nearly headless Nick idea from Harry Potter we talked about earlier. Yeah. That you can you can let it take you on wherever that is, and that requires bravery and strength because you that's 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 the real unknown. You don't know what's at the end of the line. You can see that forest, mm. you can call it the unknown all you like. But you're going if you go into that, you know exactly what it is. It's 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 a it's a weird between world with other lost souls. Um, yeah, which is why it feels like a different show. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um but the idea that would be that those lost souls would have been there so long they've made residence there, most of them. And the you know, that's dark as well and kind of spooky, but I like I love it. Yeah, really cool. Mm.
1: Um
0: so apparently the let's uh, rip it off. Let's make it. Yeah, let's make it. Yeah. Right, episode one. Let's go. Let's pitch. Story ideas. Get them on the board. Let's break story episode one. For Um, That's a great movie,
1: though, as well, I think. Because it's so... um, Yeah, it feels more compact than the the show we got. But would you start with them dying or getting into an accident and then suddenly they're on a train and that's why they get the sense they're going into the unknown? Or would you... Do you know what I mean? That's a good point.
0: I don't know. Yeah, not sure how you would... uh, No, you would start with them. You would start them on the train and you would have weird shit happen on the train that scares them off it. Mm. Yeah. Because then it's a bit more mysterious, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah. Um so the, apparently the eventual name they settled on for the show over the garden wall was actually taken from a silent a lost silent film starring Bessie Love. I don't know much about that film, but apparently it's uh it's lost mm. to lost to the ages and the title of it clearly um piqued the interest of um Uh, Patrick McNeil Um, now this one's really interesting I think the moon in the sky was designed to match its appearance on the night the show aired on November 3rd 2014 oh wow so they looked at the moon cycle and drew the moon to match what it would be that night that's some attention to detail yes it is what's really cool is you'll notice that it's all tilted at an angle in the unknown in a way that the moon would never be because the way the movement of the Sun you mm. would never see it facing that way the idea of that apparently is that it was uh, that it's because or some have suggested at least that the idea of that is because once they're underwater they're not upright so they're viewing it tilted in the water so that's how it mm. appears in the unknown
1: mm, Jesus could you bear with me just one second I need I c- to nip out the room for like 30 seconds is that all right sure cool I apologise fill for me
0: what I don't know what's happening what's going on he's gone I'm just I'm just on my own this is weird
1: I do humbly apologize and hope I can be forgiven. What's going on? Oh, I needed to I'd heard Jess was leaving the house and I needed to ask her something that I didn't think I needed to ask her.
0: Okay. What Just, do texts not work? I don't know why you had to Can you not text huh? her? I don't understand.
1: I didn't think of texting her.
0: Fair enough.
1: Okay. <laughs> I thought, I thought I'd just interrupt our morning instead, Dan. (laughs) I (laughs) apologise.
0: Great. Cool. Um, Yeah, so... um, Oh, what were we even talking about? Um, Oh, yeah, so the moon. So, yeah, so it's at an angle in the unknown because they would have been looking at it from an angle tilted underwater. That's phenomenal.
1: Like, that... I've never heard of attention to detail quite like that before.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is insane. Um, I don't know 100%, like... I mean, it's, well, that's one of those things that's like they've never actually. They've they definitely, I think, talked about planning it so the moon would be, um, you know, where it was on the night that it aired. Mm. The idea of it being tilted, I think, that's that's conjecture from fans, but you know. It is definitely tilted in the unknown, and you could look at that one or two ways. You could say the creators just wanted to tilt the moon slightly to an unnatural position to indicate they're not quite in the normal, real world. Or you could look at it as the creators were seeing the physicality of their underwater at an angle, so they'd see the moon that way. Therefore, in the unknown, it should appear that way. Either way, it's still really cool. It's a nice detail. Oh, that's brilliant. Mm -hmm. Um... So apparently, there's a. So these are the last couple aren't like as deep or like overall showy as those ones, which is annoying. Because I wish I'd reordered these slightly because these last ones are just like little tiny ones. But um, there's only a couple more. Um, Beatrice is how you're going to end our podcast, Dan. Some tiny inconsequential trivia. Fine, go for it. Yeah, it does feel like the way we normally end these things. Um, Beatrice's theme says how much this is meant to you. (laughs) No i i've had a I've had a blast chris I'm loving it I'm having a good time okay good good yeah um when they first reached the old grist mill foreshadowing that Beatrice's family owned it the the beatrice's musical theme plays when they first arrive um that's pretty cool it is cool and I think what's interesting about that is obviously like we they they did that in confidence because obviously having not properly met B- beatrice yet um you could argue that's like there's no chance of you picking that up and going ah mm. you know what I mean it's it's surprisingly mm. subtle um, and it's worth noting that in the first episode the the, the the woodsman does actually say I found this homestead abandoned so clearly they abandoned it after having been turned to bluebirds that's probably too much space when you're a bluebird and doors doors are probably an issue <laughs> you you know also actual actual bluebirds do do that thing that we found in the the episode where they gather in the uh, bark of a tree to keep warm oh, together with cool. their own bodies so that's yeah. a nice little touch um, the the tavern in the Dark Lantern um, it's called DL in the episode Songs from the Dark Lantern the bar's called DL probably stands for Dark Lantern oh shit so Songs or Tales from the Dark Lantern cool. or whatever that episode is called isn't a reference actually to the Lantern but as a reference to the tavern in which they spend the majority of the episode cool Nice nice note. Also in that episode Greg says, um, in reference to work when they're trying to figure out who and what he is, you know, in terms of his position in the world Greg apparently says, he helped me find this frog which is accurate we find out in a later episode he literally helped him find the frog because he was still under the impression he took him to the graveyard to find a frog um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Adelaide's desire for a child's child servant is most likely out of jealousy for her sister's slave Lorna. We never talked about that Oh nice notion. Yeah. Lorna's got uh, um Auntie Whispers has a has a child to sweep the floors and clean everything. Um obviously yeah. Auntie Whispers is doing it for nobler reasons trying to keep her from killing people, but um yeah. But you know Ad- Adelaide just was like ah oh, she's she's figured it out. She's got a little slave to clean things and prepare things for her. I need the same. Um it's also there's also a note. There's almost there's a moment earlier in an epi- in an earlier episode where Beatrice is like, you know, we don't need. I think she's to Greg. We don't need work. You c- come with me or the other way around. I can't remember. No, it's she's to Greg because of course um, Adelaide only wants one kid, so it wouldn't have mattered mm, to Beatrice not, at that point. So she's
1: trying to protect the other one. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, apparently, according to the comics, they did a few little sort of spinoffy comics. The woodsman's daughter is called Anna. Nice. Not a little detail, so you know the name. But the one, that, uh, the one I quite liked it actually corrects a theory I posited in a previous episode. So we talked about Fred the Horse. This is the last one, by the way. Um We talked about Fred the Horse and the theory that he had stolen and been turned into a horse. Um And that's why he knew where Adelaide was. Maybe he'd stolen from Adelaide and she'd turned him into a horse, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit different from that, I think, now, having read this, but apparently Highwayman is an old term for a travelling burglar, hence his sort of mask. And he literally says in his song, I'll knock you out, steal your shoes off your feet, I'm the Highwayman, gotta make ends meet. So the alternate theory is that Fred loves stealing because he belonged to the Highwayman. <laughs>
1: oh.
0: Also cool. The irony bit of which being, of course, that they steal his horse. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is just fantastic. Um, And apparently that's been somewhat confirmed in the comics. I don't know to what extent but apparently one of the comics has dealt with the Highwayman and Fred the horse having a previously existing relationship. I don't know if I take the comics necessarily as canon, but there you go. Um... There's one other thing I would have just mentioned, which is the Turtles, the Black Turtles. They've shown up multiple times. Anti-Whispers was eating them. Um, they're found on the Edelwood trees that, um, you know, uh, the, the dog eats one in one of the first episodes and turns into a monster. Obviously, Wirt likes the mm. band, the Black Turtles. Like, there's Black Turtles are everywhere, for some reason. Um, apparently, on Twitter, they asked the creator of the show, um, what's with the Black Turtles? Reasonable question, I think. <laughs> and yeah. his response was five words and i'm curious to get your thoughts on this chris an imperfection in the quilt
1: mm. Is it, mm. an imperfection in the quilt mhm i don't think it means it's a mistake they were going to do something with them and then didn't um i mm. dreams i don't know what's what are your thoughts <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm not sure either. I think maybe what he's essentially saying, my theory on what he's essentially saying is that they're kind of like um, something wrong with it. They're, they're an imperfection in the fabric of reality, almost. They, they they cause things to act differently. Like the dog eats one and turns into a monster. That they're, they're kind of... They're like, sort of... Imagine... You remember that in that Doctor Who episode, Father's Day, there was beasts that were just... Those monsters that were just mm-hmm. eating eating things that were wrong with time. You know, they were like, sort of... Almost like bacteria, you know, in the fabric of of time and space, that come yeah. to correct when there's issues. Um, I don't know. Maybe the turtles are are something like that for the unknown. You know, cleaning up the inconsistencies. You know, somehow. I don't know. I thought it was interesting. Maybe. That's that's very interesting. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I I hmm. I couldn't think of much else other than no, other than that. But it's uh but i i mean yeah maybe they just imp- represent imperfections in the unknown physically you know
1: yeah i suppose they're the, they're the most sort of background we'd never get the
0: detail yeah and it, there is a consistency um there's, it, there's it, like there's a consistency to them showing up they're not like Completely random, like they repeatedly sharp. It's, it's it feels like more of an aesthetic choice almost. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I wish we'd had more to say on that, but I just uh, it's it's so vague. An imperfection no, in no. the quilt.
1: Yeah, that's really because, uh, like I said, it just makes me think about the the dream thing again. But I don't think that's it. I, mm.
0: Yeah, I don't know. There you go. So I think Bizarre. that's it. I mean, there we go. I did, <sighs> that was like, that was a marathon of getting through all that trivia at the end. I uh, sorry if I just. Uh, like if that was just too much of me talking for listeners at the end they're going through all that triv. But it's triv, Dan. That's what the triv is. Calm down. Cool your beans. I repeat.
1: <laughs> cool your beans. Okay.
0: You feel it you feel Go it alright. <laughs>
1: I'm just, I'm just where are you panicking? Like, the triv section is you literally reading trivia, and now you're like, oh, yeah, that was a lot of me reading. Like, yeah, yeah, but,
0: like, there was more of it than usual, so it was, a, it was a higher percentage of the episodes run time than usual, because there was a nah, lot.
1: I think trivia was only about 15 minutes by the time you take out me disappearing and you wanting a pee. It's fine.
0: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. All it felt good. more like 20, 30 minutes, but anyway. Yeah, so, uh, I mean... So- uh, Absurd amounts of research aside, how how are you feeling then? Not just about the show, but like about th- this experience in general. Where are you at? Um, I've th- I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I think it's
1: been it's. I think we had hiatus for so long for Steven Universe, and it's so so invested in Steven Universe. It was odd to uh, to 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 learn some other world new from scratch um it mm. yeah it can be yeah um I think that it's been not surprising but crazy that you know 11 minute episodes hour long episodes of this but give the people what they want um <laughs> Does make me worry about ever doing Avatar or Adventure Time because, you know, what a commitment. Um... Yeah, well, Avatar's <laughs>
0: 60 episodes.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's 60 hours.
0: It's a fair commitment, Dan. Yeah, you got me there. <laughs> Um, Funnily enough, I, I re-watched Avatar recently and I actually don't think that it's as much to... I mean, we'd probably still spend an hour each episode, wouldn't we? I can't say we wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That'd be a lie, yeah, exactly. wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We we could try and,
1: and stop ourselves, but that wouldn't happen. Um so yeah it's but it's been it's been great i I think the show's been brilliant i I think my biggest my biggest moment the thing I remember was just this, this being so impressed about the tragedy of Wirt's character last week um I think that's crazy, and the true strength of the show as interesting as the otherworldly stuff is and as interesting as the you know what is the what's going on is um I think, at its core, Wirt's character is a huge standout in writing, mm-hmm. in, in not just this show, but kind of all the shows that I've watched. Um, yeah, I thought it was. Uh, I've had a, I've had a good time, and you know, listening to you, Beatrice, and winding you up, you know, from it on a personal level. I think it's weird because it's obviously the this is this is only the only the second time we've ever finished a podcast, and there's less of a, you know, there are 100 episodes of Fringe, whereas this has only been 10, Um, but it always does feel a bit weird to end a podcast, but, uh, you know, we
0: must venture into the known, I guess, Dan. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah, I I think, yeah, no, I've had a lot of fun too, I think it's been nice to, I've had a lot of fun rewatching it, I've had a lot of fun, being on that your journey through the show and like getting your opinions as we've gone like I think I've had a, it's been it's been nice to see you fall in love with it too because when you start something like this and you're essentially sharing a thing you love with with someone else, you sort of like there's always that element of God. What if they hate it? Like, what if I'm what if I'm about to feel very stupid because there's this thing I love that I think this person might like. I wouldn't be suggesting it if I didn't think they'd be into it too. You know, what if we end up in this in in the in the alternate you know darker timeline where you're just like you hate it every minute of it, and it's just. 10 episodes of you ranting that that would be fun for the listeners but it would hurt me uh, <laughs> that'd be my yeah. soul in pieces you know i'd be i'd be quite sad to think that 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 was the case um so yeah so I, I was really glad you got on board and i i got a lot out of finally sort of confirming the you know my theory that you know once you sort of open your mind to a show like this you can, it's easier to then experience another because I've had that held that theory for a while because I fell in love with Steven Universe easier than I think I would have otherwise because I'd been through a weird experience with Adventure Time where I'd gotten frustrated yeah. with it, given up, then gone back to it, and I learned to trust the writers. Uh, in Adventure Time, you could argue that trust maybe was wasted. <laughs> Adventure Time's got some wobbly storytelling, that's all I'm saying. Um, ultimately, um. But you know, it, it meant that when I got to Steven Universe, I was much more prepared to trust and let the writers take me where they needed to take me and go along with it and just accept that I won't know everything straight away, which was a hard lesson to learn. And it was interesting seeing you learn that lesson not from Adventure Time, but Steven Universe and then come here to this and apply that same logic. Like in the first episode, you were saying things like, you know, no, I'm going to just stick with it. You know, I I trust that this is going somewhere. I was looking out for hints. Like you, you didn't take it at face value as a silly cartoon about two boys in the woods going on adventures. You were immediately looking for where's the depth, where's the character stuff, you know, and you, and you found it really quickly. And I was really proud because it was just like, it was, it was like a, it was validating because it was just like, that's been my theory held theory for a long time. So seeing you get on board with the show in that way, um, i think really helped uh sort of confirm that theory for me and then just you know seeing you enjoy it like you know and and talk about the things you loved particularly like you said last week you know you talking about Wert and his character and how much you, you how much you got out of that and i think to to get to got, got a character that far along in 10 episodes is kind of remarkable and like everyone who worked on this show is is clearly a genius like everything from the art direction everything from the art direction to the storytelling and the, the the creativity and the thematic sort of approach and like the way that they used a lot of old older styles of stuff but it didn't ever feel old it just felt sort of it felt I had it felt like it had a tone and atmosphere of old to, onto itself but a lot of it was just that they you know they were borrowing like um and in a totally fun way all these like older notions that and it just proves that like it doesn't Old stuff isn't immediately binnable. Do you know what I mean? Oh, it's old. I can't I yeah. can't use that anymore. No, they've referenced cartoons from the twenties and thirties, and the, I mean the story itself is ripped straight out of like a fucking like Hansel and Gretel style, like sort of Brothers Grimm, like you know, like yeah. So you know, but it's completely modernized and re repackaged and still worked perfectly well in a modern aesthetic. So I uh, you know I I just appreciate the way this show is sort of proves that you know there's no such thing as any of this stuff being like any of these storytelling techniques being too old you know um and i think it's also just like a lot of great comedy and uh, again a lot of really interesting characters and again i love the use of mystery and the way they make it all that it doesn't need to be answered and you don't even care by the end no it's, it's such
1: gotten, a it's such got, a wonderfully complete
0: show which which in theory I could absolutely see somebody finishing it and feeling very, very, very opposite to that, and feeling frustrated and like they didn't have all the answers. But um, I, I, Well, they haven't me, analysed
1: it for ten hours, have they, Dan?
0: No, twelve. No, eleven. Where are we at? We're at eleven hours. No, they haven't, <laughs> Chris. Um, so yeah, so I think uh, I think it's been a really great experience, and I'm really glad I got to rewatch it. Um, it's, mm. it's been fun to sort of yeah, go back.
1: It's, been it's, it, it's
0: weird because like
1: by the end of Fringe, we'd sort of. We knew the audience, and we're only we've only put up four five episodes yes yeah, four episodes from the point four episodes from the point of view of recording so yep. um it's but it's it's fun to see I've got still, bit, obviously I've been still. avoiding it because of spoilers, but it's it was fun to see a bit of a bit of the comments and stuff, and people seem to be enjoying it, so thank you for anyone that's uh anyone that's anyone that listens to the others and has listened to this and anyone that's uh sort of checked us out because of this feel free to you know check out steven university or nothing but static or even fringe
0: observers which is uh still on itunes which is us doing this but with fringe the tv show fringe yeah so uh, i think as well like anyone who's like because we've clearly gained a fair few subscribers from this because we, we tipped over into the thousand mark while doing this show um so we gained at least sort of 30 40 subscribers out of this so uh, to those of you who subscribed thank you um stick with us there's more stuff coming um Steven Universe and only actually sure the kids related at the very least um, so yeah so I mean obviously massive thank you as well to Fretzel who provided the music that we used at the top and tail of all 10 episodes of this it's it's a brilliant interpretation of that theme um, and you can listen to the full version of it there's an extended version of it on Fretzel's channel which uh, if you just YouTube Fretzel but I think it's youtube.com slash C slash Fretzel um, Fretzel spelled F R E T Z L. Uh, Fretzel, yeah. Um, definitely go check out. There's also a link in the description uh, for every episode, so you can find it that way. Um, you can catch us on Twitter. I'm at Dan and Chris is at C Billingham. We're on. We're at Nothing But Static without the G. If you want to just catch the channel's the general Twitter feed, although we uh, check that less and update that less. If I'm being honest, my own personal Twitter feed gets more updates. Um, than that one does and I need to work on that but there you go um, you can also join the Discord um, if you wish by asking <laughs> for an invite from me or you can um, go to the Patreon and become a Patreon uh, Patreon subscriber uh, for as little as $1 um, a month uh, that will in- send you an invite link I suppose you could do that and then immediately cancel the Patreon well don't give him ideas yeah yeah no, no. Pay what you can afford. If, if one dollar is as much as you're willing to give, do it. No, I mean, um, don't give
1: them ideas to just, to do
0: that just for the Discord link and then leave. Yeah, that's what, no. Do that then. If you, if you can only afford a yeah, dollar, fair Fair point. Fair point. You and you don't want to pay it monthly. That's that's fine. Um, we'll try and do more early release stuff on the Discord as the year goes on, or oh, maybe exclusive stuff. We might bring pointless noises back. Um, that died for a weird reason. For a really weird reason, we did one on books. And then we were sponsored by Audible, and I felt dirty putting it up because it just because it felt like it felt like we were sending the people who give us money, the patrons, an ad, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I yeah. didn't, and that felt really dirty, and that's why that one never went up, and therefore, um, and I was waiting and waiting, and then it just, I still got it. I could put it up now, and it wouldn't feel as dirty because we've not had Audible sponsorship for a little while, but that's the reason it didn't go. Up we reference Audible sponsoring it throughout, though, don't we? Even I think. Well, we made it, yeah, because they didn't sponsor us at the time. We were making jokes about it, and then it actually happened. Ah, um right. Like, we were making a joke, like, you know, go get Audible. And it just, like, it felt really dirty and filthy, and that's why it never went up. And then we right. never did it anymore, because that one was just sitting there. It's like, wow, well, I do record another one if we... And for those who don't know, Pointless Noises was just sort of a tangent-y podcast, intentional. It was just for our... Just for our, uh, you know, patron subscribers. So uh, we, maybe we'll go back to that. That's a nice idea. We should still do that every now and then. But anyway, uh, yeah, thanks for having
1: we might do things. We could do things where we, like, could potentially, we're not definitely going to do this, but an option is that we might if, you know, the podcast is, I don't know, we tend to record. No, I was thinking of, like, chopping out a bit of the podcast and putting it up early, but we tend to record nothing but static pretty close to when it goes out these days. So yes. forget that.
0: I'm just rambling. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so yeah thanks very much for listening Um, you're the best if you've gotten this far Uh, feel free to comment below like, subscribe, give us a review on iTunes um, share on Reddit whatever you want to do you you tell people that we do stuff and then they'll find our stuff and then they hopefully will hear this and do the same and then we have listeners, that's how that works (laughs) there you go (laughs) science, that makes (laughs) sense, logical yeah, Um, so yeah thanks very much for listening everyone, Um, thank you 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 are genuinely, you're the best I mean, it's that simple. Yeah,
1: I would the echo that sentiment. It's uh it's been a pleasure. Thank you for those that
0: have joined us uh, as we ventured into the unknown. Mm. And now we uh, well, we will leave it there and say that uh, thanks very much for listening. I've been Dan Doolan. I've been Chris Billingham and uh join us uh, next time when we venture into the known of <laughs> honey I shrunk the kids. God damn it. <laughs> What have we just,
1: just for clarification, for those that... Because I don't think Dad sounds excited enough. Monday, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Tuesday, Honey, We Blew Up the Baby. Or Honey, I Blew Up the Baby. Blew Up the Kid, I think it is. Wednesday, Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. Thursday, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids the TV series, available <laughs> on Prime for £30. And Friday, YouTube footage... Of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the ride.
0: <laughs> I just don't know where to start. I'm excited. Oh, I know you are. Oh, God. I'm very
1: excited. Honey, I Shrunk oh. the Kids aired on Sky this week. It's amazing. I get to watch that one, like, on the big TV, and yeah. It's destiny, Chris. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so... <laughs> So, I did week. see on
1: Amazon. I was like, Amazon Prime genuinely has like the TV show. And I was like, ooh. And Jess was like, what's the, the don't buy it? And I'm like, but it'd be like shiny, great quality. she's like, no. It
0: won't be. It won't be. They won't have spent any money restoring it. It'll just be the same. <laughs> anyway, well, yeah. So, thanks for listening. I've been Dan Doolin. I've been Chris Billingham. And come back next week for that insanity.